and so yeah i agree i think that it would be a lot a lot of my identity was caught up in that um and just just not just not utilizing my teammates well either right i think people can attest to having you know someone in your corner whether it's a brother or a sister or a good friend and you're just not you're not utilizing them well you know you're you're the way you're showing up is is you're not really letting them in therefore they don't really know how to like you know fill a role in your life and you know you're you're playing cards to your chest and you know i think that in the last the, the last year what i really realized was the quieter i the quieter i was about my life the worse my life was getting what is going on everyone welcome back to a fresh episode in 2023 of the modern mask ulinity podcast we're excited to be here we got our man chris on the board i'm your co-host coach atlas what's going on my people it's your boy anwar ahmed aka a squared chris go introduce yourself man do i come in with like oh i come in with the intro like right there too like oh it's like, <laughs> uh, man, I got like a different way that I usually do this too. Oh, this is different. What's <laughs> up, y'all? Um, it's Chris. Yeah, you know, usually I'm introing myself as Clyde, you know, with a different name. But you know, I feel like let's go with the government today. You know, but let's I feel go like, with uh, the Govy. Let's relevant. go with the Govy. Let's go with the Govy okay. today. You know, that's we're. But uh, you know, I'm good. I'm here. I'm ready to talk. Ready to be vulnerable. You know. <laughs> Ah, there he is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I'm glad one of us is choosing government because I'm not today, which I'll, I'll talk about in a bit here. But uh, welcome back, everyone, to oh, another yeah. episode. We're excited to bring you a conversation about the new year, uh, kind of reflections on 2022, and then also discussing a lot more about what's coming in the new year, really setting the direction and the tone. Uh, but we're going to start with some reflection. But before we do that, you know what time it is. It's check today is uh that's cool it's to a see cool live. day man it's a, it's a special day for the, the for the audience if you don't know who this this gentleman whose government name here is chris this is the guy behind the scenes puts it all together he uh he's been around he's been around since day one he's a big part of what we do here so definitely get uh get familiar with hearing his voice around here let's uh let's start with the let's start with the kid man let's start with the man chris what's going on man how you doing today brother how am I doing? Um, I'm not gonna lie. I've had uh, I've had better times. How's my mood? Is that the question? Uh, my mood. I'm feeling pretty anxious. You know, I'm feeling pretty anxious today. Uh, I <laughs> I lost my job today, guys. So you know, I don't know if you've ever just lost your full time job and had that vanish from underneath you. You know, and all the the things that go with that. Um, I, and like, I work in like media too. And there's like a lot of equipment and stuff that I use uh, to, to record and, you know, do my, do my thing with and had all that taken from me today <laughs> earlier, uh, literally a few hours ago, just had to haul all that uh, into my boss's, uh, my former boss's uh, trunk. And, um, you know, a mental breakdown or two later, we didn't cancel on the recording and we're here, you know, uh, so I'm feeling pretty anxious, but I'm happy to be here and talking. How you guys doing? Wow. I hope you guys had a better day than I did. 
listen, for the audience, we talk before we hop on here, by the way. <laughs> we speak before coming on and recording. We were not told about any of this. Any of this. Um, I don't know if we should shut it down. I don't know if we should. <laughs> wow. Not I was wow. kind of like, look, I... I, I was just like, look, look we're, we're going to pod, you know, we're going to do this for real, you know. Um, so He said I'm we're venting gonna, today. He said, no, let me get this off my chest. Press press record. I want to speak. <laughs> Bro, that's I know you uh, were asking how my mood was. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like, I, I know you're going to start with my feelings, bro. I thought we would have started with the weather or something. God damn. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's tough, man. I'm sorry yeah, to hear crazy. that, bro. I, I wish I could have, like, not done this live. I think people are like, oh, man, I don't really can't hold space at all. Look at him fail. Um, <laughs> I kind of I feel bad, too, because I definitely had a decision to be like, oh, I could tell them before this or not, you know, and I'm deciding to do this now. And you know, you guys got to be podcasters and deal with it on the fly. Uh, so, yeah. I love it. No, I, I'm floored. I feel like I just hit the floor. That sh- that shooketh my soul. And I'm not even the one who lost this damn job. So um, I am grateful <laughs> for your openness and vulnerability because it is easy to just go past that and just say, you know, I'm a little stressed and I'm a little anxious, but I'm, you know, I'm dealing with it. And you're like, no, the raw truth. Literally, this is what the podcast is. The raw truth is this just happened. Yeah, I wish I could do that. You know, I wish I could be like, oh, yeah, I got fired. My whole life just got turned upside down. I have no idea what I'm going to do to, you know, figure out the rest of this month. But no, like, I can't, I can't really gloss over that fact right now, you know? Um, so you ask me how my mood is. That's, that's where it's at, man. And I, it's, it's something that's hard to pretend that's not going on. It's like a really big elephant sort of in the room. You can't, I don't know. How you guys doing? <laughs> I mean, he said he said I'm ready to get vulnerable, and he came right out the freaking gate. There's, there's, um, obviously we'll have a long conversation about this after the podcast, but I think that one, I appreciate you even sharing that with us, and let alone the whole audience. Um, if you're listening and you have an opportunity for Chris, uh, email us. Um, but if you are <laughs> Like, it's one of those things, man. It's like, I think that like, you're kind of, you you know what you're kind of showing here though, is that like, you've been punched in the face before, you know, like the ability to kind of just show up here and realize like something has happened. I know that it's not great right now, but I've been punched before. I've, I've gone through things before. I've, you know, I just need more time to process and get through how I'm going to navigate this water because I feel like you kind of come at this of like, there's an event. I'm not going to suppress that event. I'm going to talk about the event. And now we're going to start planning towards how to get around this event, you know? And I think that that chain of command is really broken for men, you know, an event happens and then we'd never get to the second spot where you talk about it, you say something about it, you know? And then when you maul that for so long, you know, if you want to marinate food for hours, it's going to come out with way better flavor. But in this example, it's not the flavor you want. You know, when you sit on events in your life happening and when you sit on things happening in your life that just don't ever get thought out or cooked or processed or put through something, it just marinates in that ugly event for a longer period of time. And then it really changes how we think and how we move. And next thing you know, a bad hour turns into a bad day, turns into a bad week, turns into a bad month. And then, you know, um, we know where the recipe of that, that trajectory has been going for most people. So 
I command you, I, I honestly truly respect the fact that you can just come out here, take an event and immediately start having a conversation about it. That, that I can't even express to you enough how that little jump there, man, is, is going to really help you, you know, start to process this thing and get through it and get past it and get over it. Um, at the end of the day, you know, jobs are just these things that we do to make money. They're not our lives. Um, you know, you have a life and then you have a job, you know, you're still Chris, you still have a life. We'll find it. You, you know, you'll move through this in a, in a way that's, uh, hopefully maybe better for you when one door closes, another one opens, man. So I do hope you have a swift um, transition to your next thing, but I'm jobless as well. So if you want to, if you want to, you want to okay. bond over being fun employed, let's hang out. Trauma bond over the, the lack of employment. Eh? Um, I just wanted to speak to to one thing that you said there too. It, it was kind of, and I know you'll like this because you're you're definitely that guy. Um, but it was very much approaching the recording. Like, hmm, should I say something about this? Because I don't even know if I'm mentally like, you know, to talk about it. Um, and I was like, you know what? It's kind of like, uh, you know before a big game and you, you twist your ankle and you're limping in, in the warm-up line, you know, in, in, in the layup line. And, you know, you're, you probably shouldn't play, but, you know, you're, you're, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing either. I think this is something that men do too. We kind of push through th- things. Um, and you also said it's like, oh, like our jobs are not like us, which is like so true. But as men, I think it's something that we tie to our identity so much. Um, so, you know, when, I, when a man loses his job, his is uh he can feel like his livelihood his worth and stuff takes a hit and everything too so you know all those fun emotions well said gentlemen well said chris thank you for sharing man honestly that's that's a mood check right there that is the raw authentic mood check we always look for so thank you appreciate that brother thank you um anwar i'm gonna go out on the limb and say your mood's probably a little different what's your mood like today my man you're throwing it my way. You're throwing it my way. What is my mood? Man, I mean, my first mood here is I'm just excited to be reconnected with the boys. That's, uh, that's like, I, I genuinely am excited. This just, just reminds me of being in that, in that boardroom and throwing ideas on the board and collaborating. And, you know, we don't get to do this enough. So it's, uh, I'm just, I'm grateful to have you boys in the room. And it's one of those things where when you see familiar faces in different chapters of your life, it just shows you like, wow, they're still around. Like this still, this trio is still at it, you know, or when you go back to your friend's house that you know from high school and you're like, are we still hanging out, bro? Like, this is crazy. Like we met in high school and I'm still talking to you. You know, I had this conversation with my best friend, uh, Keith, who plays pro ball overseas. And I remember having a conversation that I'm like, bro, you're still playing basketball. Like, I remember when we were at the YMCA, like kids who were in grade seven and like, I'm going to do this forever. And it's like, for some of us, it just died. But for you, it's still going on. Like, this is crazy. Like that thought hasn't actually stopped. It's still going. Um, But now instead of having this feeling of like, oh my God, this trio is still together or I'm still friends with this guy or you're still playing basketball. It's like, how amazing is it that we're still together? How amazing is it that, you know, this trio is still doing it and how amazing is it that i'm still friends with keith and all my other friends that i've been friends with for years and that he's still playing basketball like it's to me these are the things that it's like the gratitude kicks in i think you know and it's like wow honored to just truly be here with uh with the guys and that you guys have still stuck by this this vision and this goal to help you know redefine masculinity so one that's definitely a big feeling i'm feeling right now um 
but overall I'm, I'm, I'm also coming off of a road trip. I just did a road trip, um, up the coast, down the coast. Actually, we went to the top of it and drove down, uh, living, living in a camper van for two weeks. You know, we had two cups, two bowls, two spoons, uh, one pot, you know, we had to go buy our own pasta strainer cause they didn't come with a pasta strainer, um, sleeping in the van, you know, lost my shoes, my phone, my responsibilities for many days. It was, it was going back to, you know, the whole thing that Chris was just saying there. Um, and I kind of alluded to was, you know, I got to, I got back to being, I'm a human being. These things that I do are just things that I do. I'm a human first. And when you're in such a simple life, it's so much more evident that, Oh wow. All I am is a human, you know, I'm just a guy, uh, or I'm just a girl. And then we add on all these labels that we then create new identities with, but it was super cool to just be able to strip that all down. And the drive was awesome because all we did was reconnect with nature the whole time. Like it was just like nature stops the whole entire time. So it's like, not only are you getting to a place of like, Oh, I'm just a human being. I'm just a person. I'm just a man. I'm only, I'm only this, you know, and that's all I need to be for these next two weeks is just a human being. And then you're coupling that with, being forced to see nature at such a elite level some of the nicest beaches i've ever seen in my life rainforests um, mountains um, and just being so i went scuba diving just being so small in something that's so big you know and saying it just it felt very humanizing and it felt really grounding and it, and it felt like i could come back to accepting that i think sometimes it's hard to not see your job as yourself Right. Like, I think it's very hard. It's easier said than done. You know, if you're like, Hey man, you're a man, you're a human being beside just job. That's very easy said than done right now. I can really accept that. Cause I just went through that experience. I'm like, yeah, I am just a human being. I don't need like, you know? Um, so I think I'm really feeling not only a lot of gratitude for the relationships in my life, but just, um, the perspective of getting back to being a human being and getting back to understanding that I'm just a human who's going through a lot of experiences who is documenting it all along the way and making adjustments on the fly that's all i am and that's all i can ever be and it's uh it was very 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 humanizing um, and i'm grateful for the experience and i got to bond with my brother ben which is uh which is a great experience as well anytime you get to be in a small confined space with an individual that you have a lot of respect for there's uh, a lot of cool things that can come from that because we are flawed to thinking one way in life you know, there's a lot of times I got to a mountain peak or we got to a, a beachfront or, you know, we got to a problem along the trip and how I would have thought about it was completely different than how he would have thought about it. And that's an opportunity to learn a different way to think, you know, so I think that it was cool to be able to do it with somebody too. So that's how I'm feeling. I'm back in the city now. I do like hot showers and uh, comfortable beds and uh, a routine. So I'm definitely happy to be back in that environment. Uh, but yeah. I think that that was a that was a trip for a lifetime for sure. And just so the audience knows, because he kind of missed this part, he was road tripping down the coast of Australia. He just seemed to like to miss that detail. It's one of the, like the most beautiful places in the world, and he was also scuba diving in the open ocean in there. Like he just dulled that down so much, and I'm here to amplify the living hell out of it. The man was literally in some of the most beautiful places in the world. It was incredible to witness, um, and just literally with the camper van. So I, I'm, 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 you. <laughs> there's more energy that that I, that I need to give to that because that was crazy and admirable and uh, just incredible to witness. Um, and so, yeah, dude, like I'm, I'm proud of you for taking that on because that's. Um, that's the trip of a lifetime, man. You'll never forget that one. 
Yeah, it might have been the Great Barrier Reef in Whit Sundays, but yeah, it's small details. <laughs> Small minor details. I remember when I uh, I did an introductory dive, massively scared of water. Do not like deep water. Like snorkeling is cool. We're floating on the top. Give me a floaty. Like I need, I need to be able to see the land. But like going underwater, uh, not really my favorite place to be. But, you know, I remember I went on the boat. I was only paying for a snorkel. And I listened to the introductory dive instructions. And I was just kind of sitting a fly on the wall. I'm like, oh, I haven't paid for this. So I'm just going to kind of listen uh and i don't know what it is it was just like it was like i saw my fear i could i could see the guy who could change the change my opinion of it he was you know the instructor i'm like all i gotta do is step up and say hey can i do this and he's gonna be like okay let's do it and i went up to him and i'm like hey would there be any can you get one more guy in here and he was like yeah let me see what i can do and the whole time i'm like oh do you really want to do this do you really want to do this really want to do this um i i got the courage i did it obviously I would say if you're down there for 30 minutes, I probably enjoyed it for like eight, eight, 10 minutes of bliss. The rest of it was panic, okay. pandemonium. Oh my God, what's going on? Uh, just make sure you don't lose this instructor. Breathe, like just very, a very stressful experience. But there was eight minutes, eight minutes in that 30 minutes. That was just pure bliss. Uh, and, you know, there's something to be said there about just appreciating the, the, the win. You know, the eight minutes is, is better than the zero. But um, I remember coming out and everyone was like, people these people have like they've done dives everywhere right or some people have like over 200 dives and they're coming out like oh my god this is insane that was the craziest coral i've ever seen in my life that was the craziest all the colors like what did you think Anwar? i'm like what am i comparing it to because i don't really <laughs> i don't have a reference point and then the scuba instructor was like now from now on every dive you do is just going to be like a, how much better was that dive that i went on just a steady like, oh my God, the Great Barrier Reef was way better than that. The Great Barrier Reef was way better than that. So I'm a bit spoiled that that was my first ever dive. But yeah, it was cool. It was cool. I want to there it is. You for there it is. That's what I was looking for. Tackling head on two fears of mine. Because one, like just being in like open water and like just the idea of that is like something that's hard for me to wrap my head around. There's like a big multisyllabic word for the fear. I think it's thalassophobia or something like that. I have it Googled right here. But I could never do that. So shouts out to you. And you were in Australia. So that means I know you saw some crazy spiders or some snakes or something like that. Like I, I know, you know, and I know that the, the wildlife over there is different. So you, know, you had to deal with all that. Good for you, man. Cause I couldn't. <laughs> That's all I need. It's different than living in a condo in Toronto. I'll tell you that much. Listen, we need to get to a, uh, and I think I, I think Chris had talked about an elephant in the room. Um, Atlas, you uh, you hinted that you're not using your govy anymore, and you're just kind of tiptoeing around this idea that Glossing you know even coming with CK is just he's just out here just you know. So Chris has shown you what addressing an elephant in the room looks like, um, <laughs> and you've shown us what avoiding the elephant in the room looks like. So do you want to give the audience a little insight on why you're not using the govy or why you're glossing over the fact that take uh, that mask off, take the mask off, brother. COVID well, is gone. Go. Remove that. What's going on here, man? <laughs> Give us your mood. And then, and then also, what's going on with the, with the little yeah. bit of the name over there? All right. All right. All right. All right. I'm going to keep the tension going here. How's my mood? Um, you know, I woke up unwell this morning. 
um, which was super unfortunate. I do not feel well. Uh, right before this, I was in bed watching a movie, which are the tougher days. They are the tougher days, uh, feeling you know like a waste of space, feeling useless, like I can't do anything. Um, and that I also probably shouldn't. So let's not try to push the level. Just give yourself the ability to just be. Um, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, so my mood right now is uh, throat clogged and uh, hot body. I got some hot body sensations. We started talking about sensations on here. My body is hot. Um, and I feel, uh, yeah, I, I resonate with Anwar, what you were saying about reminding us of the times when we work in Toronto when we were all together and we were just showing up Sunday mornings, Saturday mornings and doing the work. Uh, it's nice to kind of feel that same energy again and be in the same space. So that kind of is fueling me right now. And then um, how else is my mood? <clears throat> I would say that I feel probably a little stressed, a little stressed about, again, just being sick about not being able to you know, work hard, if you will. <laughs> the fear of not being able to work hard comes in when you're sick. And then I also um, yeah, kind of feel like it puts me behind sometimes. Uh, so I want to just push through. So it's hard to just rest. So I feel the stress of wanting to work and the stress of also not working and doing the things. So uh, that would be my mood, uh, my mood check for right now. Uh, I don't know if there's anything you guys want to pull at before I continue on with this podcast. Uh, wishing you a speed recovery. I hope you get well. Why is your name changed? <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So let's just get to it. Um, so as you heard in the intro, uh, I introduced myself differently. Normally uh, you would know me as CK, Coach Kyle. And that name has fallen down to the wayside. It's been shed uh, as part of my experience. And now I have and now operate on a new chosen name, which is Atlas. So I now go by Coach Atlas. And Cole's notes, uh, or as deep as I think I can offer today, is, uh, you know, I haven't been resonating with my name for a really long time. It's not something that I have felt connected to. And there's a lot of nuances in there. Like my last name is attached to um, a parent, parental figure that I don't have a relationship with. So it didn't really feel like it was worth it to continue to engage with that same last name. Um, so I was looking to change that already. That was a vision. And I had in my head that I was actually going to change it to my mother's because it would continue on Matsuda line, which is my Japanese uh, background. So I'm a quarter Japanese, if I haven't already shared that on here. So I was considering that uh, for a long time, but I didn't really pull the trigger. I also have a very like government name, like it's uh, not a very biblical government name. Sorry. So my full name is Kyle Christopher Matthew Rushton. And both those names in the middle were taken, if I remember correctly the story, I don't know if this is fully true, but I think it is. Um, they were taken from the Bible. And so I don't resonate with that experience either. So my name is just continued to feel really disconnected to me. And then my partner Gabby and I were discussing what it looked like to change our last names. You know, we are likely not going to sign the legal document to officiate that we are making this commitment as marriage. So we were thinking, okay, well, what if we decide that um, we choose a last name for ourselves? So we liked that idea. So we ran with that to start, spent some time brainstorming, opening up the door. And then um, the name or the word Mecca showed up in her space and she let it sit. We let it resonate. We sat with it for a while. 
And then it just continued to show up, continued to show up. And so we kind of, we ran with it for the time, um, didn't really officiate anything. It was more of just, you know, this is, seems like it's resonating with us. So we were listening to ourselves, listening to our body. Uh, but I, I wasn't sure if I was going to change my first name. That seemed too bold. It seemed too, mm, too big, too much opportunity for judgment, it felt like. So I was very much like on the fence around even just giving myself the freedom to think about it. Uh, but I did with, with Gatley's support. We started talking and uh, I didn't tell anyone. We just had it between the two of us. And I had some names. I had some names that were on the list that I was thinking about. And they were old names, uh, names that aren't really very common. I really kind of wanted to shift the narrative around what represents me in this world. And one day we were driving to my family's place and talking about names. And I had said to her, you know, the name that I'm working with is not resonating. You know, I just don't really feel it. Um, I like it in a way, but it's not really sitting. It just doesn't really feel aligned. Um, there was two other names. I guess I'm kind of holding back. One was uh, Icarus. And the other one was Theseus. So they're both very like old form names. And I like them and I like the way they sound, but none of them really did it for me. They didn't really represent, it felt like what I wanted to be represented as. And I didn't really feel anything towards them. I had no intuitive feeling or care for them. So then we're, we're on this drive and talking and she tells me about a story at work. She was listening to a conversation from a distance and the people at the table had referred to their child in the conversation as Atlas. And she said the word in the car. And I remember sitting there enveloped with like sensations in my body. Like it was like a head to toe, um, not necessarily numbness. It was almost like a shudder, just like a shudder of feeling went through my body when she said that word. And I couldn't explain it at the time. So I sat there and I just kind of stared there and she's like, hey, like what's going on? And I said, I, I really don't know. Because when you said that, I, my body felt like it gave a fuck yes. But I don't know what that means. I don't know what my body saying hell yes is. I don't understand that. Um, I don't get that feeling. Um, I haven't, it's not something that I've connected to before. So it's, I don't know if that's it. I don't know if that's really what's happening here. And so I said, that's, that's a great name though. Like, I love that. Super uncommon. I like what it represents. So we just kind of sat with it. And then I couldn't shed the feelings. I could not shake that feeling off. That was there for the whole ride. That was there for the ride home. And I'm just sitting there like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, and it was, yeah, it sounds fake even just sharing the story. It sounds made up. Um, and I still don't even know if I fully understand it. But to keep it directive, uh, that's what started the use. So I said, you know what? I'm moving to Costa Rica. I'm starting a new life. We're doing it. Um, this is the perfect time to start representing myself in the way I want to. So I decided to change all my platforms quietly um, and just sit with it. I told a few friends and everyone that has met me since I have left home in August of last year, they only know me by this name. And uh, it, it's been incredible. It's been absolutely incredible. So that's kind of the story of um, the birth of it. Uh, as I know you guys have questions around that, but that's how it's all, uh, that's what brought us here today. That's, uh, I've heard, I've heard the oh, story. You said obviously. I'm going to have questions, but you, you yeah. answered a lot of questions. I don't know. I feel like I have things I wanted to ask and you like, that was, that was the Coles notes version. Really? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's amazing, man. Like I, as, um, 
as somebody that I kind of said before, you know, I don't always go by my government and stuff like that. I, uh, you know, go by Clyde and like the media and stuff. So I just, um, I feel you on like just having a name that resonates with you and you don't feel, you know, right with that. And like, just the way you described the sensations and everything that you felt and experienced once that landed to you is I think incredible. Like, wow. I'm glad you had mm. that. I'm glad. Like, that's great. Mm. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. And I still, I still struggle to comprehend it today. I still look back and I think what the hell, cause it's such, um, it's such a big thing to do. I remember the first person that I ever mm. saw in the world change their name. I swear. I don't even remember his real name anymore. It was meta world peace. That was the first person that came across my space that I was like, wait, we're just out here changing names. What? And I, I couldn't believe it. It made no sense to me. Um, and then as time has passed and as generations have really changed, um, I've noticed um, a little bit more kind of freedom around it. People feeling a little bit more um, comfortable and safe and understanding the given name, but also the chosen name. You know, what really feels like it represents you as a person? Is that still what that is? And I'm not saying that everyone needs to do that. I think that for me, that's just was already on my mind. And it had been for a long time underneath the surface. And I just kind of said, no, I would never do that. Like, who changes their name? Like, what the hell? Uh, and it would just seem so absurd to me for so long. And so it took, it took a long time. Well, it took 30 years. It took a long time to uh, feel like it was something safe that I could do. Uh, now we've really kind of stepped into it. So. Yeah, I mean, that's really cool. I mean, I feel like I've, I've heard that story and I feel like every single time that you kind of tell it, there's, there's more of an experience that you keep adding to it. It's almost like it keeps getting refined and it's, um, you're finding more of the, the, the emotion behind the decision. And, you know, it might've sounded very logical before. And as the story kind of progresses, it like becomes less logical. It becomes more emotional. It becomes a bit more like, I feel like that was the most emotion I've heard you add to the story you know it's it's uh i feel like you you added some seasoning to the to the the same dish you've been serving you know it's just every time you tell the story there's more marinade and there's more seasoning and i think that that's really a testament of you feeling more aligned with it you know i feel like you're 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 more so instead of coming at it like a lawyer defending why you think you changed your name you're coming at it with a lot more of a nah this is just you know it feels good man this is just feels good it feels right it feels aligned with me and I think a lot of the times as, as men, we, we approach like sharing an idea or doing something that is more emotional in a very lawyered up way. You know, we show up to those conversations like lawyered up, like as if like you can't just feel that and go with it. You know, it's, it's always feels like you have to defend your honor with so much logic and reasoning and like it can't just be, hey, that's not a line that's not sitting with me well. You know, there's some things that you said, just even how you speak, you know, that it's so... I opened up the door to the idea of changing my name. Like, can we can just sit there and think about that? Who's like, how many guys out there right now are like not willing to even open up a door for a new idea to just sit with, you know, how casual did he say that? And how casual he didn't say, I hate this name. I'm going to change my name. He said, I opened up the door, but you know, what's missing from there. The language that's missing from there is not many people understand what opening up the door and listening to your body is like. Right. So you can't just tell someone tomorrow to go open up the door. It's not going to work. Open up the door and do what? Review what? You know what I mean? Like, what am I, what am I reviewing? You know, you also said, um, giving myself the freedom to think, you know, opening up the door and giving myself the freedom to think. Freedom to think about how I feel also doesn't really sound like it's resonating in the men's space. Like how many guys are giving themselves the freedom to think about how they feel? 
and allowing other answers to come in that aren't so like brute force, you know? And then you also said the feeling in your body when you heard that name was a, it felt like a hell yes, but you didn't understand. In order to feel your body and understand what a hell yes feels like, that kind of, to me, implies maybe you should not suppress your feelings. I feel like they might, they might need to feel them if you need to understand what is giving you a hell yes and what's giving you a hell no, you know? So there was a lot of nuance in that story that just kind of was so casual in how you were speaking, but really a testament to what you need to be able to allow for you to make decisions about your life. You know, you need to be able to open the door to new ideas. You need to be able to give yourself the freedom and the liberty to think about how you're feeling. And you also need to somehow, and I would love to kind of dive into this a little bit later. Hopefully we kind of get to it. It's like, how do you get to a place where you can like feel your body at that extent, you know, to hear a name and then have something shatter, shudder through your body from head to toe. You know, I think a lot of men aren't even getting that experience because that shudder that you're talking about or that sensation, like those lines have been turned off for many years, right? So we're, we're navigating through court cases of our life. What is the logic? What, is the, what does the lawyer say about this experience about my life? It says this, cool. Like feeling and hell yeses and hell noes and they're not ways we're using to navigate through the space. So those are some things that I just picked up in the story, man. I think that, you know, real, real, real testament to your growth, even the way you're speaking about life um, is just, it's, it's, it's an honor. It's honorable, man. Just that way of living to me is remarkable, but I'm not going to sit here and tell the audience, Hey man, open the door tomorrow and let, give yourself the freedom to think. Cause I understand there's a lot more work that goes into that than just opening up the door and letting your thoughts, giving yourself freedom to think and, feeling your body and you know it's not that easy but it definitely should be aspirations for a lot of people definitely should be aspirations for a lot of people start dealing with these court cases with no representation just you you got to represent yourself no lawyers look at chris clyde adding some extra salt and pepper chris clyde. big facts i love that no, I love i'm just that. piggybacking off what you said i i like the lawyer analogy like that's really that's really is how men approach a lot of internal conflicts and stuff. So spot on with the analogy. As he always does. This is why we bring Chris on sometimes. He, he sprinkles so much good seasoning on our food. We have the best dinners. Like these things come out and they are delicious. You know, uh, We think we're good. And then Chris comes in, he's like spice. And you're like, whoa, okay. All right. That's what we were missing. Uh, I appreciate it, guys. I do. I think um, and it's hard, uh, truthfully, to step it has been hard stepping into it and I could technically do an episode on it, but I won't. I just wanted to share that. Like, it's not as simple as, as I made it sound because um, like Anwar was attesting to, I decided to not do a brute force decision and I decided to sit with it because I've spent my whole life brute forcing decisions and thinking, okay, all right, that sounds like a yes, let's just do it. And I don't give myself the space to just be with it and then see if it continues to resonate because sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it is just in the moment and then it passes. Like the other two names that I used, they passed. It wasn't the same sensation. So I, it was difficult and then I wasn't even sure if I wanted to do it. And I remember how many times, um, even still to this day, I still call myself my government name. Um, sometimes when I'm introducing because it's still like, it's still integrating and it's still embodying. And um, you know, I don't even know my signature yet. That's a funny one to not know your own signature. That's a weird thought. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's been a cool journey and there's so much uh, that's been added to the story. There's so many layers and 
Um, I want to share quickly one layer that just came to me the other day because it might actually be a tattoo I get. Um, the concept of Atlas is he is the caricature that's holding up the earth. He's the one who's, you know, ha has that burden of holding up the globe. He's that figure. And in, in a sense, that shows strength, right? Like, look how strong he is to be able to hold up the world. But what we don't know is that that's actually punishment. That's his punishment for going against the gods and losing. He was fighting, if from what I remember of the story correctly, he was leader of the resistance in a way. So he actually lost and was punished for a lifetime to hold the earth on his shoulders. So it's punishment. It's not necessarily a sign of brute strength. So that was an interesting turn. And then as I continued to develop the story, I realized um, that I think the name resonated with me because I feel like that's been me. Just like this weight that I have had to carry or felt at least in my experiences that I've had to carry. I've had to carry um, burdens of being the firstborn, being the first one to graduate, being the most successful, being the best at everything, being the emotional support line for everyone. I feel like I have carried that burden. And so I am in, in a metaphorical way, him holding my world up. And it's a, it's a burden and it's hard and it's exhausting. And what I love as the name develops is that I am being given an opportunity to redefine what that means for me and what that signifies. And the tattoo that I'm thinking about is actually a representation of me putting it the fuck down and allowing myself to walk with that strength that I've cultivated as a skill set that I can walk through life with because I've been holding it up for so long. I'm strong as hell now. Now, can I let go? Can I unburden myself and start to walk free in a new form, in a new way um, of representing that, uh, that name, that, that depth of Atlas? Can I start to represent that in a different way? Um, I really wanted to share that because that really only just came to me the other day and it was, um, it sits so well with me. It's, it sits so well with me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Got a 40 minute mood check. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. So for anybody that's listening to the podcast, yes, you will now hear me go, um, be referred to as coach. Records, baby. Longest exactly. You will know that I'll be coach Atlas from here on out. So, uh, get used to it. It's my name. Uh, thanks for joining on this podcast. We're starting fresh. let's get to the podcast folks <laughs> if you have questions by the way just feel free to kind of message us and if you want to know more about it i am an open book so i'd love to share but for the podcast today we finished the mood check we've done the elephant in the room now we want to get to a bit of the year so the whole point of this podcast was to discuss 2022 a little bit and open ourselves up to what happened that year and a question we're going to have is you know what are we keeping from the year and what are we what are we changing what are we bringing something new but we're going to start first with how would we summarize it so chris i'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand this over to you because you're the spice um and i want to hear some spice um how would you in the best language you can give it and don't worry about time how would you summarize your year as chris clyde in 2022 um should i start at point a or point b um it feels you know, I, uh, it's funny, I, I started talking about how I lost my job at the beginning of this podcast, right? Um, and during this year, um, aside from that job that I lost, I worked with my brother a lot, and he does this thing where he moves hot tubs. I've told you guys about this before. 
Um, and I don't know if you like think of what a hot tub is and how big that is. Some of them are 900. They start at like 900 pounds or 1200 pounds usually. Um, and I had to move a lot of these in the snow and stuff like that. And, uh, I just, you're asking me how my year was. And I just feel like there were so many times where I helped my brother do that job where I was pushing, uh, a, a hot tub up like a hill. And that's kind of what this uh, past year has felt like, an uphill heave, you know? It's like one, two, three, push, and you get up a couple feet. And it's like one, two, three, push, and you little by little, you know, get up. And you're sweating, and it's cold, and there's snow and everything like that. Um, not pleasant, but, you know, that's uh, – it's felt like an uphill heave. And I got, to the, I got to the top of a couple of hills, though, too, you know what I mean? So as uh, – as, as, unpleasant as that heaving can be um you know you you still reach it sometimes uh you do reach yeah yeah uh that's that that's kind of how i felt like the last year has been um i and one of those hills that i got to the top like i uh i started the year living at my mom's place i was living at my mom's place and uh eventually was able to move out and saving up money and everything. And I feel like that's kind of what I'm speaking to when I feel like that getting to that point and saving all that money and doing all these different antics and first and last and credit checks and all these things uh, was like, like I had to heave and push and push all the way to get to that point. And it was like the biggest goal that I had of the year was, was, you know, just getting out, getting my own space. Cause uh, all throughout university. And even when we started this podcast, I was living on my own um, and was just used to, to that being my living dynamic. So uh, uh, that, that was one of the things I, I accomplished this year that like felt was like I worked really hard and was tough. And then um, I guess it technically happened this year, but I feel like, I feel like in hindsight, I'm going to remember losing my job as something that happened in 2022 you know I'm, I'm i kind of want to put this like all right i'm entering this new year 2023 jobless on my on my job search so uh yeah that, that's how i feel about this past year how would you i have a, a bit of a follow-up question there it's um mm-hmm. i think you gave a brilliant analogy there of like you know i think a lot of people are gonna be able to resonate with you know the idea of he, just heaving something up the hill you know and just at at every time you you and in those in those in those moments, I've I've you know I've I've moved into a lot of different apartments and stuff like that, so I can really resonate with this like moving of an object upstairs. But it's never like you get to that one platform and you feel great about going up the next one. It's not actually people will like in that experience. You're always like you get it up to one platform, and it's like a, you look at your partner and you're like. <sighs> four more to go which is just it just implies that like every and that's not enjoying the journey at all right like it's like every level every platform you hit you kind of are just like dealing with the challenges of knowing that i don't want to lift this up this next step but i'm going to i need to it's just like i need to get to the top you know and so you think you did a really good job of giving us an analogy to summarize the i guess the experience but like what does that feel like you know like what is what is being in that experience feel like when you feel like you have these goals because one can argue you ended up getting back to an apartment right you ended up you know heaving enough to uh, you know tick Mm -hmm. a box right but it sounds like the journey wasn't very enjoyable right it sounds like you kind of were just kind of getting through it which I think a lot of men can identify with what does it feel like in the moment and what makes you keep 
is it is are you leveraging just suppressing that and being like when we get there we'll get there you know just keep heaving like what does it feel like in the moment and what were you wrestling with i guess um during that chapter of your life when you had it sounds like you had a reset uh in terms of getting back to where you wanted to be Mm -hmm. um i'm trying so hard to not answer what you're saying with another analogy and that's the only thing that's coming up but in the moment because you described that journey as like not really being like an unpleasant one um I don't know, and maybe this is, like, more so adheres to my personality because, like, I started the mood check with, like, anxious, you know? And I feel like uh, I've developed some anxious tendencies, you know? So during that process, it felt very anxiety-inducing, and the analogy that's coming up for me is, like, a sinking ship is, like, being on the Titanic, you know? I felt like, but I, I felt like I was the band, you know, in the Titanic. You know how the band, they said that the band was playing until they, like, crashed, you know? Like, that, that's what I felt like I was doing, you know? Uh, to use your analogy with space. But, uh, and, you know, when I got to the to the hill and check, check that box, um, you'll like this analogy. This is good for you. Um, I don't know if you ever remember, I think it was... 2015 the NBA finals when LeBron faced the Golden State Warriors for the first time and just there was this game I think it was game three and like Kyrie and Kevin Love were out they were injured and like LeBron was playing the best basketball of his entire career and it went into like overtime or whatever and he had like a 50 point triple double or something and there's this I'll, I, I gotta send you guys this video after too if this is a clip you can juxtapose it too and I'll I'll do that anyway. um but like he wins the game and after like it went down to like the last play and like there's just se- this sequence where he like takes the ball and he just like throws it against the ground he, like is very brolic like screaming at the camera and everything and just like I always just remember thinking like I've never seen someone fight so hard for a victory like this man went into Golden State Steph Curry all these people are playing on this team he had no help no Kyrie or no Kevin Love um and he still won like he won in overtime with Matthew Dellavedova as his second best player and when I finally got my keys like when I finally fucking moved into this place so I don't know for swear I got this or not but that's that was the feeling that I felt when I finally got to the hill was just like LeBron threw that ball at the ground and he's just yeah like screaming that that's the that's a positive feeling that I got from all of that but during it, like the first thing you said, it felt like I was on the Titanic playing as the boat was sinking. So you're you're, you're talking today, boy. You're talking today. I do have a follow up question though. I'm trying I think, to use less analogies. Hey, listen. I think you know. I think that we get into this weird place. I, I've been caught in this trap too, where people start to get me to to change how I speak, or hey, you use too many analogies. You use this. You use this. You use this. And what I've realized is that yeah, that's also why people like me. <laughs> it's also why people love it right so i think that sometimes we get too caught up in opinions of like in an individual or oh you know and you like but if it's the best way to describe we're in a men's space where we are struggling to describe anything if a resin if an analogy is how you want to get it off then we can work off of that and find the words later but like let's not try to be so focused on how we're communicating and then ultimately not get in that trap of like i can't talk and the only thing that's coming for me is this and i don't want to use that i want to sound like you know i'm on a ted talk and been all that speak how you want to speak and if it comes out 
we'll find new words. We'll find new ways to unpackage it. But man, your analogies are hitting. Keep them going. Don't even apologize for saying another analogy. Um, I think that it's just, let's just get talking. Let's get talking. Um, But what I love about the analogy that you used, and this is my follow-up question here, is in your life, do you feel like you're a LeBron and there's nobody around? Like you're willing your way to victory? Like, I want to know how deep that analogy is for you. Like when you're slamming that ball down, are you feeling like in life, fuck, I have nobody and have a, I have a Della Vadova in my life right now. Like I have no Kyrie. I got no Kevin love. And that feeling feels so like you're slamming it as in like fucking with nobody. I did this shit because I just want to one, know how deep, how deep does that analogy go? And if it is like you're feeling like you're on an island, I would love to, you know, ask a follow up question with that. But like, is that is that is it all the way? Like, or do you feel like you're a LeBron with nobody on your team? Um, first of all, thank you for affirming my uh, analogies. I appreciate that. Um, but that is 100 percent how I feel. Yeah, I felt like and I probably won't speak to it too deeply because I feel like there's like a lot of people in my life and stuff that were around me at that time that I could, I could, you know, I could point fingers or whatever. And that's probably not the most productive way to, to process, you know, the, the journey that I was on, but yeah, it, that, that's specifically why I chose that analogy. Cause I remember to me, like LeBron's my guy, you know, and that moment in his career was such a, like, look at what he can do when no one's like, 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 look how good he, you know? And when I speak to specifically, you know, getting this place and the money, uh, to to put this together and yeah I felt like I, it almost felt oh it all you know there's a a phrase uh, DJ Khaled always says like they don't want you to win you know it almost it felt like that it almost felt and maybe this is um part of my personality and a flaw with the way sometimes I, I I think about things but like you can feel like people are against you you know you feel like almost like the world is like against you you know you feel like you're at odds you know when a lot of the time that probably isn't even the case. It's not like people are actively plotting against you and taking meetings and stuff or trying to do that. But that, yeah, it, it felt like not only did I have nobody, but it felt like they were actively working against me. So I kind of felt like I had to double down on my efforts uh, to accomplish what I want. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what did you have a follow-up question to that? I mean, it's not necessarily a question anymore. I think that, just you confirming that makes me it just makes me question what as a man we think is a victory you know like is that what we want to be our victory like do we like i think that there is a bit of us is a bit of us is glued to this idea of wanting to be lebron without the supporting cast and do it on our own you know because we think that there's more of a reward to that journey you know the without kevin love and without Kyrie, i defeated the goliath by myself and i had that moment where i just spiked the ball and sure i would argue that that experience is probably going to feel exhilarating but i think a lot of us are going to fail at even getting there you know And, and to desire that experience is like and let's keep it in the basketball world sorry if uh you hate basketball but this is where it's at right now you know this to be true because there is so much praise given to a guy like LeBron when he takes a a nobody team to the finals. Right. 
And then there's so much disrespect when you put together a super team and it's guys sharing the spotlight. And it's like, you know, like Steph Curry had Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson. And, you know, there's almost like if you just think about Stephen A. Smith and, you know, these guys on these TV shows, I can already hear it. <laughs> Superhero. LeBron did it with nobody on his team. And uh, is Steph Curry really that good? He had like so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And so we almost are conditioned to look at life and like, hey, if you have a supporting cast, you're not as much of a man. You know, you're not as great as you are. And I'm a really, I'm a really nail this, you know, nail into the, into the coffin for me, because, you know, my life has been so much being LeBron and carrying a team to the finals and, you know, having like, you know, this has been my life. This is what I think Alice was explaining when he's talking about that globe on his back. Like, I think that this idea that you're going to will this team to the finals and you're going to win and you're going to get all the accolades to be a man. Um, I think what I'm, you know, trying to do and you know kudos to alice and this this is uh tattoo ideas i want to put that legacy down i really don't care to be lebron james anymore care willing teams to the finals um it's way too hard on my body it's way too hard on my mind um and i want to be i want to look and play like steph curry with that much joy that much fun and that much support and be special at what i do you know, because when you watch a Steph Curry play the game with the supporting cast around him, he is just he is just a ball of energy and joy. And he looks like he's having fun and he's got teammates and they look like they do it together and it's strength in numbers. And I just love that, you know, and I think that like a massive transition for me is letting go of that identity of like this LeBron complex that I have picking up an identity of, you know, what I think Steph Curry represents is just work your ass off, have fun doing it and do it with people, you know, and, 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 and take the rewards that come with that. Um, I think it's a lot better of a path. And I think more people would find success trying to play for the Warriors than carry the Cavs or carry the Miami Heat or carry the Lakers to the finals. But I understand that society, if people are always like, what do you mean society, society, society wants you to be the LeBron carrying the team to the finals. That is the undertone of what society wants us to do. And they do not want to see you join the Golden State Warriors and have fun playing basketball. They don't want that. That doesn't help your masculinity. What is this weird thing that you guys keep saying is going on? Man up, don't cry, man up. The weird thing that's going on is everyone wants us to be LeBron James and carry teams to the finals. That's what society is. That's the agenda that's online. That's what you feel. That's what you hear. And what you don't hear is strength in numbers guys getting together guys like cheering for each other guys sharing the spotlight and i think that that's just you know that's how that kind of comes through but um one i hope that you, you we can get more strength in numbers for you and then in the next year and that you know i'm glad you got that moment it's cool to hit that moment and have that moment and look around but you know hopefully you get some some players you can count on in your next practice because it's not it's just not fun it's just not a it's just not a like a sustainable game plan and sometimes like in sports your teammates are going to go down and you got to carry the team a little bit. There's been times where I had to care, like look around. I'm like, Oh, that teammate's down right now. That teammate's down right now. It's cool. But the idea of knowing that they're going to get healthy and get back to helping your team is very valuable versus like being like, we have nobody here. There is nobody, whether it's today, tomorrow or no, they're not, there's no injury report for this team. There's not a player on it. There's just me. Um, so yeah, uh, that, that was, that was, those are my closing thoughts on that, but 
but I appreciate you sharing that, man. I really think that that reson that that really resonates. So, yeah, man. I mean, to to sort of put a button on what you're saying there, uh, LeBron lost that series. You know, he won that game. You know, that moment I'm talking about. He won that game, but that series he didn't win. Uh, he didn't win until he had his team back next year. Uh, so, and I and I think that's sort of what I'm speaking to too. This is an issue that I tragically suffer with, and obviously a whole bunch of other men do, but. We don't ask for help a lot, you know, uh, in those situations. There's a lot of situations that could be alleviated or made easier or, you know, just won't have you to won't cause you to go through something, you know, uh, if you, if you ask for help you know, in those situations. And that's definitely something I'm working on, you know, uh, in to what you're saying. Is that a victory? You know, it looks cool and sexy to flex and, you know, oh, I won, be all brolic. But is, is that really a win? He didn't win the series. Like, you know, so we should probably stop glorifying that as much well said boys well said man Oof, i'm just literally sitting here i'm just like i'm literally replaying basketball highlights in my head right now like i'm just re-watching all of it and i'm just like this is one of the greatest analogies that we've ever come up with i think is this um deteriorating the lone wolf narrative is that right there and where you crush that um but uh Anwar, for you, um, does that sound like a narrative that was similar for you? You, say, you definitely have some relating to it. I would imagine. I think we all do. Was that something that you noticed as like a, a summarizing point in your year of 2022, or how would you differentiate yourself? I think that there's definitely elements of that. You know, I would say that that's probably more. That analogy is probably more of an overarch, overarching like narrative in my life in general. Just you know, I think that. Um, and it, it's not, it's not, it's not that that seed was planted on its own. I think that society does a really good job of pushing that agenda and glorifying that agenda. And, and as a guy and as a man, you really feel like, Hey, if I can be that guy, there's no, it's a, it's a unanimous decision on my masculinity. If I, if I carry this team there, you can't question my masculinity at all. You know, it's almost like the the path of least resistance, where if you choose the path of, you know, being a Steph Curry and stuff, you can win and still be questioned, you know, ah, is he a man though? He did it like this. He did it like that. You know, I think a lot of us want that defiant, un, like ununanimous clear line of masculinity. And I think that it's just a great way to even, you know, reinstill our, our whole concept here of like, we're trying to help redefine you can be Steph Curry and be a man. You can be Clay, be a man. You can be LeBron and be a man. These guys are all men. They're all masculine, you know, and it looks that diverse, you know, stop thinking that there's just one way to be a man. And, you know, I think what we're trying to share here on this platform is like, what are all the nuances and what are all the colors in masculinity and, and, you know, which one of that paints, paint, paintbrushes better, best represents you and best reflects who you are. Um, and so, yeah, I agree. I think that it would be a lot, a lot of my identity was caught up in that. Um, and just, just not, just not utilizing my teammates well either. Right. I think you, people can attest to having, you know, someone in your corner, whether it's a brother or a sister or a good friend, and you're just not, you're not utilizing them well. You know, you're, you're, the way you're showing up is, is you're not really letting them in. Therefore they don't really know how to like, you know, fill a role in your life. And, you know, you're, you're playing cards to your chest. And, you know, I think that in the last, the, the last year, what I really realized was the quieter, I, the quieter I was about my life, the worse my life was getting. The more, the, the, the least people knew about what was going on, the worse everything else around me was getting, uh, you know, thoughts, ideas. Um, I ended up, you know, working a job where, you know, it was very different to how I was used to living my life, but, I've always kind of had this idea that 
if it's too hard, it's probably what you should be doing. If it's too easy, stop doing that, you know? And so naturally for me, when I get into an environment that's like very challenging, my immediate instinct is, I don't want to do this. You should probably get through this, you know? And sometimes what you realize is that like that, it's just, it's just not for you. You know, you said you worked through three names before you got to that name, right? Imagine trying to force that first name down your throat and trying to make it work, you know? And I felt like a lot of my, my life was, you know, taking on that challenge and being like, this name needs to work. It has to work. Like it's a, I got to get through this and I can't feel like in my mind, I've accomplished this chapter of my life unless I get through this. Other people are doing it. I should be able to do it. Um, and that's, that's really living out of your body, right? Like, I think that if I was living in my body, I could just, I would have probably did the head to toe scan and go, that doesn't feel like a hell yes, I'm out of here, you know, but here I am with no idea of how that scanning works and just putting my head down and just working at a job that, that, you know, even just environmentally doesn't fit who I am. Like, Hey, why don't you chain yourself to a desk in your bedroom and work out of a computer? Like I, I have, I never logged that many computer hours in my life. If you just did a mathematical equation, how many times is Anwar, how many hours is Anwar spent in front of a screen in his life? And how many times he, it would literally be the last three years would be like 95% of my screen time. Everything else was this guy's outside. He's active. He uses his body. He moves. He's, you know, everything about my life has, I've never been a video game guy. I've never been a movie guy. I've never, I literally have not sat in front of a screen ever my whole entire life. And here I am trying to will a name down my throat in a way that's just like not aligned with my body, not aligned with, you know, who I am. And, um, and you know, the, the challenges, it was, it was very sexy, you know, in the same way the LeBron James narrative is very sexy to chase. I felt like it was sexy to chase this remote work laptop life that, you know, like corresponding via email. And, you know, I just thought that it was like, man, if I could conquer this, if I can get this, whoo, I'm gonna be sweet. Just keep putting your head down. Everyone sucks when they start something. And you look up and you go, I've been doing this for three years. Feelings have not really changed. And my personality has really changed to the point where I don't really recognize myself. You know, like I am, I have to like almost, even when I, you know, and I ended up quitting that job ultimately, but even when I quit, it was like the weight was gone, but I was still left with like an emptiness. I was like, who the fuck even am I right now? Like, I have to like, I had to like retrack all my steps, you know? And it felt like in a weird way, it was the first time I felt like I understood what, what women would, what women would say when they like, they have this life and then they have a baby and then they just get sidetracked for 20 years. And then when they've done, you know, raising the kid or they've done being so involved in the kid's life, they go, I don't really know who I am. Like, what am I, if I'm not raising this kid, you know, like I basically had a life, I put it all down. I became fully into this and then now that that kid is you know moved out and they live on their own and i'm kind of just here like people are like what do you used to do for hobbies and i'm like i don't know like my hobby was just helping this kid you know um and i can empathize with that loss you know and that that loss of identity and i think that for me it was it was a lot of that and so you know last year was last year to me represented a a chapter of my life where my financial goals happened. You know, I always, I always say that like my life did change financially quite a bit. Um, and putting my head down did come at the expense. There was a reward to that exchange. And I don't think anybody in life here, something to recognize is that 
most people, there's an exchange for their misery. They're getting something out of being miserable at something, you know, and the hard part is, is like letting go of the thing that you're getting and allowing the, allowing them being miserable, acting on the being miserable, you know? And so for me, the thing that I was getting out of this horrible exchange was a financial reward. And that pillar of my life was going way up, but every other marker of success for me, every other pillar, every other sense of value was like plummeting. Like I'm talking plane with no engine on plane with no pilot plummeting, free falling, you know, but all you, you, I got to a point where I was like, how long can I hang on to the rope for now that I can see that I'm plummeting? It's just, it was a matter of game of like, can I get to that number before I do something about it? Um, and it just became very overwhelming. So I think that I've learned that, you know, I think sometimes you need this experience of, it's easy to say money isn't everything. It's a whole nother thing to experience it. When your health is in, in danger, your relationships are in danger, your, 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 your own mind and your own development and who you are, your identity is in danger at the expense of finances. It's not an equation you want to run for a very long time. And I think I had to have some self-reflection and I had to pull the pin and I had job burnout. Um, and so that year really taught me, I think it's going to be a pivotal year in my life, to be honest. I think I'll go back to that chapter of my life and I'll really be able to be like, wow, that was a defining moment, you know? call it a TSN turning point, call it a, I think that it was like everything about life was encompassed in like a thing. It's, do you really want to give up everything you are, all of these things for this? Is that what we're doing here? Are we really going to trade time for money? Are you really going to, you know, it was a very much a, what are you going to do about this, man? What are you going to do about this? And I think that uh, I was able to have the courage to make a bold move where I, I can empathize with a lot of people sitting in that for way longer, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, accum accumulating more responsibilities with the misery, you know, being miserable. And then imagine I stayed in that miserable state and I reached out and, and I, I got into a relationship to make me happy, but I'm miserable, right? I pull a human being into it. Now it's this, this little situation. I'm miserable, but she makes me a little bit happy. And then you go and then you have kids, right? It's like, I still, I'm building on this horrible foundation. I'm miserable, but I keep adding things into it. And then it blows up 40 years later, you know? And I think that for me was like, does it suck to reset here? Yeah. Do I want to do it? No. Does it feel like you just threw three years of your life in the garbage? Yeah. Is it equally liberating and exciting that you could do something new? Yeah. Is it, can you not maybe see how you grew from those three years, even though it's not in the same industry? Absolutely. I think that, you know, going to therapy, what it really taught me was the idea to see two sides of the coin and being able to allow both those things to exist at the same time. You know, you could feel anxious and excited at the same time. You can feel, you know, like, fuck, this really, really sucks. And fuck, this is really, really exciting at the exact same time and give both of them the space. Um, and so for me, it's a, it's a year that I will summarize as, I don't know why I feel like I want to summarize it, but I do. I want to, I want to kind of have it as a chapter in my book and have like it titled something like the decision or something, you know, but it did really feel like, it was, it was an avalanche of emotion. Overwhelmingly, I would say 
to your point of, you know, being the band with the sinking ship, that was the craziest analogy, by the way. I love that because, wow, that really, it was a sinking ship. And I was like, <laughs> just playing, playing away, singing away. Um, and I think that the courage to recognize that, oh shit, this sink is ship, this ship is sinking. I have a decision to make. Pass me the life jacket. I'm jumping off that's kind of, you know, where I, where I got to. And, and then when I was jumping off and I was swimming in the water, right. You're swimming in the water. You jumped off the boat. You're like, wow, I dodged crisis. That's great. I'm proud of you for jumping in the water. And then you go, which way do I swim though? Where am I going? What am I doing? And then in a weird way, it almost feels like, should I just go, should I just go back to the ship? Like the, the thoughts of being on the ship, felt easier like i kind of know the i know what's going on on the ship this abyss of jumping into the ocean and being you're so free but it's almost scary because it's like you don't have a fucking clue which direction you're going to go in and then you look back at the ship and you go it's not that far i could just go back that, that maybe like give me those challenges again maybe this is worse and i've wrestled with that for a little while and I think that that's kind of ultimately gave me that idea to get out of there and just start traveling and start getting new ideas, start getting new, start putting new words on the board of like, okay, cool. What does new direction look like? You know, just start swimming and, uh, and figure out later and have, have the courage to know that you'll figure it out. So, um, yeah, cheers to, cheers to, you know, jumping off the ship, sinking ship, cheers to not going back, uh, and, and falling, falling victim to that overwhelming feeling of being so lost in this big world of holy fuck which way am i gonna go um and yeah i think that that would kind of summarize kind of summarize my year but it was a big year for me um definitely a big year of of courage and self-awareness um yeah i mean i could take a whole episode just to kind of praise the process um it's hard as hard as hell to leave a job in those circumstances. And it's hard to be told you have to leave a job in those, in any circumstance, right? Like either way it's, it's hard. And uh, I praise you for that, man. Cause you know, I was a part of that journey big time. And so it was um, interesting to um, witness it all kind of unfold in the way that it did. And then for you to finally like come to that decision for yourself. Um, I, I think I speak for most people that were around you at that time is like how freeing it was once it got through like the the abyss of the unknown um how freeing it became for you and how like you know you kind of felt like you started to get yourself back i think that's something that you've mentioned to me uh and so it was such a beautiful thing to witness and um i do have one question um that i think will help provide clarity on is how did you know that you were burnt out because i think a lot of a lot of times we're like mm, you know i'm not at burnout yet i'm not at burnout yet i don't I, what is even burnout like, you know, am I just tired or am I exhausted? Like, how did you even know that you got to that point? I also had a follow-up that was very similar and aligned with what you're asking. Like, what was like your moment, you know, like that you like <laughs> where you were playing and then you like looked outside and you saw the water running and you were like, Oh my, we're sinking. This is at like, did you, or your loss of identity? Like where you like something was taking place where you were like, Oh shit, I'm not me anymore. You know, what was your moment? If, if there was, I love the questions. I love the question that gives me a chance to go back to those emotions and those feelings and, um, revisit them, uh, in a way that offers help. So for me, I think I'll go with, uh, I'll go with Chris's question first. Cause I think that it was uh, a bit more of a, you know, when did you realize that the sink was shipping, uh, whoa, the ship was sinking. 
Um, I think that for me, it's when the things that were supposed to bring you joy don't have any feeling anymore. You know, and if you're in a job, it's like I was in a sales job, right? So in order to when you're in a sales job, getting a sale should make you feel a certain thing. Right. And I, and I it got to the point where when I was doing my job and I was working my job, I was living through two different expressions, anxiety until the task was done and relief when the task was done. Neither of those have a word of joy in it. Neither of those have like, if you're talking about fighter, I'm just, I live in fight or flight. My whole existence became fight or flight. My, my stress receptors were just not working because I wake up and it's anxiety until you get the deal and it's relief when you get it. So where's the win? Where's the, where's the joy? Where does the feeling of, yes, I got the deal. You know, I closed it. And when you start losing that expression, things start to numb out, things start to dull out and everything in life starts becoming fight or flight. Everything in life starts becoming an anxious feeling and a relief feeling. And it was just my body couldn't handle just being in that state any longer. And I think that to, to the burnout concept, I don't know if this is true for a lot of people, but for me, it's like, you don't really know you're burnt out until like, it was, I knew I didn't have the energy to want to do what I was doing. So that's one, right? Imagine going to the gym and all you're seeing is like, you're a lot of anxiety until you get to the gym. And then there's all those exercises that you do. And then it's just relief that the workout is over. And the next day you're dreading going back to the gym, right? So your effort and passion and enthusiasm for existing is just flat. But what you're, what you're not realizing is that you're, you're not eating well, you're not recovering well, and you keep doing these workouts, right? So you're going home from that miserable experience. You don't sleep well, you don't eat well, and then you show up. So there's less of you showing up to every single workout, which is the slow burning of you feeling weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker because you're not recharging, you're not refueling, you're not excited about life. And when you do that long enough, you don't even realize how tired you are. And then you say, I'm quitting. So I quit. And it was only until the, it was only until the next couple of days after where I realized I was like, making my bed feels like the hardest task in the world right now. That's how, that's how empty I feel. I'd wake up and be like, I don't have a job anymore. So the, the, that random chore that you're doing that you used to wake up for, I was drinking the coffee to get the job done. I was, you know, I was, I was staying up late to get the job done. When you remove that, that, that motivator, I guess, which was the job for me at that time, that's when I sobered up and realized how tired I really was. Cause at that point, there's no pressure to do this bed. I just can't do it. I just don't, I can't make this bed. I'm too tired. It, it felt like the next couple of days after that, I guess a better way to put it was when you're running the marathon, you don't know how tired you are because you're in the marathon, you're running, your legs are still moving, but every step you take is more and more exhausting, but I don't know how tired I am until you stop. Once you stop, you realize, holy fuck, I'm tired. I can't even get to the car. Like, let me just lay here. And that's what the first few months of quitting the job felt like was I got across the finish line. I laid down. All I had to do was get to the car. And I was like, just leave me here for a second. Days went by, weeks went by. I still couldn't even get to the car. Just tired just exhausted of holding that persona for so long. And I didn't really realize the gist of how tired I was until I stopped. When I stopped, I realized, wow, I'm fucking tired. <laughs> I'm exhausted. 
but yeah, while I was in the race, it just kept felt like you just got to keep moving your feet, man. There's no keep moving your feet, keep running. You know, did my, did my speed slow down? Hell yeah. I wasn't going as fast as you, I was going before, but I was still repping it out. You know, I still was moving my legs and, you know, still doing the work. Um, but once I was told, you don't got to do this work anymore. Holy, that's when it really hit. I'm like, I'm tired. I'm real tired. But to summarize, Chris, when did I know the ship was sinking? When the joy was gone, the passion, enthusiasm for what I was doing was dead. When I realized that, like, I'm only moving through two emotions here. I'm only anxious or relieved, anxious and relieved that it's over. Um, and to answer Kyle, Alice's question here, it's uh, when I stopped was when I realized how burnt out I was, which is not good advice or it's not a good piece of information because it makes everyone feel like you actually don't even know if you're burnt out till you stop. You know, that's like, and so most people, you have to have the courage to stop running the race and to find out how burnt out you really are, which is a hard indicator, right? You have to make a big decision to realize how burnt out you really are. But um, I think a small example of that is when you stop having the effort to do the things that matter, going to the gym or, you know, going to that orchestra that you love when you're like, ah, I don't want to do it anymore or hanging out with your partner or hanging out with your friends. When you stop wanting to do things because it feels like too much work then that means something else is taking up too much of your efforts and something else is really bringing you down. Um, Cause if something that you love, you can't find the courage to do or the energy to do it's a telltale sign. Something is going off, you know? So that's how I best answer that. Yeah, that's perfect. Appreciate you sharing that. And I think that, um, yeah, it's, th it's interesting to just kind of hear the process, right? And even sometimes we don't know we're burnt out until we're sick. You know, sick's a big indicator of like that you've been doing too much, but sometimes we don't want to get there. Um, so you kind of gave an example, if I heard it right around, like I wasn't necessarily physically ill, but um, mentally I definitely felt that way. And so um, just noting the um, that it goes both ways. So I appreciate that perspective. And I think it's going to help. I think it'll help more than, more than you think because um, sometimes – um, the edge is rest. And so hopefully there's some encouragement from your words of anyone who's listening in this moment um, to just take a pause and rest maybe for, you know, an hour or a day if you can, and just see what happens, see what, what moves through you. And if it's um, not good, then, you know, maybe there's your sign, right? There's your sign that it's kind of approaching you and you're in it and you don't know you're in it. So uh, yeah, great, great shares um to keep the conversation going um for myself uh, around 2022 uh as you both know you know Anwar, i'm going to take your um idea around i want to use a word i think um for the first time my my word it would be adventure that's how i would best summarize my year and i say that specifically and with boldness because i was just writing out some notes today about how unadventurous my life was before last year and how boring I think I have lived in many ways. And I don't think that's necessarily as true as maybe it feels because I'm, I'm calling myself boring in contrast to other people. So I'm comparing, comparing myself. Um, so I definitely think I've done things, but I haven't given myself the freedom to do so. I haven't felt like it's okay. I'm constantly worried about being judged, um, fear I'm not being liked. Um, and I, I think I, I'm scared of my own authenticity. I'm scared of what um, that could do for me. 
um, and maybe what it could do to change my environment with people that I, I know and uh, I'm friends with and things like that. So I, I fear that part of me, but um, yeah, the year was adventurous and absolutely adventurous. I built uh, my business to a point where I could leave the country with my partner and start out in Costa Rica. So we kind of mentioned that in previous episodes, we literally threw um, the life jackets in the water, life jackets in the water and jumped um, into Costa Rica. We sold all our stuff. We laugh about it now because there may be a winter we wouldn't want. We end up in our hometown of Calgary and we have literally, we don't even have pants. We literally got rid of pants. That's how adventurous we sent this. We don't own those. So um, some hilarity going on there. But yeah, we, we adventured to Costa Rica. Um, I've never been really into any major places in the world that I can remember. Um, I went to Florida once, but um, Europe once, but I was young. Like nothing is big for me. I don't travel. So this was huge for me to have this kind of year. So Costa Rica was the first stop. And, you know, I did things. I got a tattoo, which was big for me. I didn't think I was ever going to get one. So that was big. Um, or big in the sense of just what I had done previously. I wouldn't, I have a very rigid life, a very um, pristine life is how I think I would, I would look at it sometimes, a very pristine life. And so I gave myself the freedom to open that up a bit with the tattoo. Um, I smoked my first cigar on the beach in Costa Rica. That was super cool. Um, definitely an interesting experience, not what I expected it to be. Um, and then we moved to Mexico. We're in Mexico right now, which was unexpected. We didn't plan on that. Uh, and I just kind of sent it. You know, I did all the things. I've done so many things in the last year, in 2022. And so for me, um, it's really easy to summarize. Like it's adventure, um, but it's also, um, I'm going to use a different word. It's also proof. 20, 2022 is proof for me that I can be myself that I can trust myself to figure it out no matter what. I really felt like I reinforced that. Um, and it's proof that, you know, I can do anything. That's what it felt like last year was. It's proof that there's nothing that I can't do. Um, and even just something that came to my mind, I remember I ran my first workshop last year in person in front of a group of men that I have been looking to do for so long. And I did that last year. And there were so many ways in that, which I grew last year. And so it was really just that adventurous side of me opening, opening myself up to that and then creating proof, creating proof. Now I know this year, like I got that year to face, you know, I got that year to look back and say, can I, I bet you I can do better. I bet you I could live bigger, more fuller, more authentic. I bet you I could. And it's um, cool to know that I can trust myself to be able to step towards that uh, because I proved it. Like I said, that word proof. So yeah, 2022 was a big year. It's a big year for me. You did it a lot more, but you did it a lot more articulate than me. Um, I, I, you, you pulled it into like words that I'll never forget. You know, like, I think that that is a chapter and you could title that and it would, it has, and it, they, they share such a home as well. Like taking risk and seeking adventure gives you beliefs that mm -hmm. you never knew you, you could do. Right. It's, it's really hard to find proof of concept and belief in an environment that has just been the same your whole entire life. You know, what about your environment has changed for you to believe something different about yourself, you know? And I think that what people who travel don't, I guess, put together or don't know how to share is this random seek of adventure gives you a crazy 
level of belief in what's possible because you're doing things you've never done before and you're stepping into things that you never, and I think that the reason why people love to travel so much is to come back home to a feeling, the feeling you have in your body right now, this feeling that I believe I can do anything um, because I've had to run the amazing race of my life for a couple months now and everything was a question mark and everything had to be figured out and everything needed to needed me and you know my partner to collaborate on how we're going to move around this and then you get back into an environment like canada and you go well man we just literally we just been freestyling we just freestyled for a year and a half we can't figure find an apartment and, and get in a couch and get a job we just freestyled for two years in a place that even we didn't speak the language you know and so I think that there's a lot to be said about getting out of your environment. And uh, man, that's amazing. I love those two words. I love that adventure led to proof. Um, Cause that's just, you know, from proof and belief, you can create so much. And from watching from afar, uh, you know, and knowing the kind, of, the kind of person that you are and knowing how much structure was in your life. And I don't, I don't want to view structure as a bad thing. I think structure can be a good thing. I think structure when it's built correctly is beautiful and structure when it's built with ideas of other people and society and, you know, you create a weird structure for yourself where you're not even really yourself and you're kind of just running with it, I think can be a little bit, you know, troubling, but watching you just stop, look at the home that you've built, question every room that you've ever walked in and go, nope. That couch has got to go. No, fuck it. The whole house has to go and rebuild with so much courage and a willingness to put yourself out there in a way that I think like this audience, if you want to go back and just listen to the freedom of Kyle's speech, you can even hear it in his like way he expresses himself and the rigidness in which he, you know, once upon a time had opinions about and just watching it unfold and just be recreated. And it's been beautiful to watch. Um, it's been beautiful to listen to through the headphones first and even more beautiful to watch uh, in real life now. And um, I think it's admirable and I think you're really walking the walk. Um, I think that that could be another way. I think that, you know, for a long time, we all have talked the talk. And I think that this last year, you've really started walking the walk. You know, I don't think you're just, I think that your, your words and your actions have finally caught up to each other in a, in a beautiful way. And it's, uh, I, I admire that you're getting the fruits of that labor because you've put in putting in the work um, and not, not just verbally, uh, I think physically, uh, you've been putting in the work now. So um, I'm happy that that's a, that's a way to summarize your year. That's awesome. There's always a LeBron moment, you know, like, just kind of you putting all that together is like, ah, you know, like I, I'm, maybe we all handle it differently, but I don't know. That's what it sounds like to me. A true victory, you know, like you won the game and the series, you know, be champion, you know, so. Listen, damn right. And I, you know, I finished off the year with getting a dog. I don't know if you, I, you both, I don't know if you both know that, but I have a dog now. I have a little puppy, which was just like the, the, the cherry on top of it all is that we completely uprooted the foundation of our lives with knowing that we have the strongest foundation as a team, my partner and I, and sent it into the abyss, hoping for the best. And did it so, I don't want to say well necessarily, because I think it was challenging as hell. Like to find proof, you, you got to walk through the mud, right? You can't get to the other side without walking through the mud. 
And so you got to prove that you can pick up your foot out of this, you know, sinkhole and, and put it in the next and keep moving. So hard as hell. Um, Costa Rica was easier. Mexico has been hard as hell. And um, even with that challenge, we were feeling trusting and safe and foundationally aligned that we felt like we could bring in the dog into the equation. And the dog actually sparked a, a series of events that led us to almost being homeless. And yet here we are, you know, we're still moving. We're still doing it. We're staying, we're sustaining and just trying to pick up that foot again and continue to find the proof that, you know, hard things can happen and we can keep moving. And um, with the structure of the teamwork that we've created, you know, it's literally like, this is why I do my work. This is what I help my clients with. I hope to help my clients with is like, like you put yourself in a team environment like that. Like you said, it's a LeBron moment, but like, I, I, I got my Kyrie, you know, like if I'm, if I'm LeBron, Kyrie's right, she's right there. Yeah. Right. And, um, I, the, I wouldn't have done it. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have happened. Um, and, um, yeah, it's just it, the work I do is to help hopefully people see the infinite potential of having that in your life and being able to create that foundation so that no gust of wind can blow over your house. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, people don't need to, to leave the country to prove it. I just want to help people know that it's possible that that foundation can help. Um, yeah, man, absolutely crazy year. Adventure proof, um, self-belief, crazy year. Thanks for witnessing me gentlemen thank you for witnessing me it's an honor to be witnessed and to be praised i'm trying my best to receive it compliments are a challenge but i am doing my best so thank you i'm gonna give you one more piece of praise um i know you never really spoke about this but it was uh it was a moment where i where i was like yeah this is uh this guy's doing the thing right now um when you started this journey, you were going to change your name. You're going to change all these things about you. And one of those things was your hair. And you, uh, you committed to having long hair and, you know, you were in this exotic place and you had long hair and I don't know where I noticed that you shaved your head. I was like, wait, what the fuck is going on? I had to like go back and like, I had to like, like, is he posting old videos? Like what's going on here? And then I noticed that the dog was in the frame and I was like, I'm so confused about what the hell is going on with this hair. So I remember messaging you be like hey man i want to know what's going on with the hair what's going on and you and you went to and explained it to me and it was like yeah it's happening because it's one thing to we always talk about this pendulum i was so rigid now i'm so fluid you know like and going the other way and your pendulum swung and i don't think you really learned the lesson until you settle into the middle and what your hair proved to me was that you were willing to run so strong one direction and realize, ah, I'm pivoting right now. I'm not going to let this run for three years, three months, four. It doesn't feel right right now. I don't give a shit how people think about it. I'm, I'm moving the needle. And that, the quickness and how fast it went from I'm growing my hair to fuck that. Nah, I'm going back. I like that part of the house, actually. I was burning the whole house down, but I actually like that part of the house. That told me so much about the truth of what's going on. And it was like, I'm not just changing your change because you could have easily just swung that pendulum, grew your hair out, started living a completely unauthentic life in the other direction, you know? And I think that that defining moment to me was like, yeah, he's there. He, he knows what he wants. He knows what he's feeling. He's not just going with the gust of the wind uh, because it's, it's the thing to do. 
there's there's a little bit of like yeah i might be changing my name i might be changing this i might be changing this but yeah no not this i need this um mm. and so mm. massively i i was really much like mm-hmm. when i heard that i was like mm. yep i like this journey <laughs> I, I like where this guy's going right now um so kudos to you man and kudos to the growth kudos to really trying to find your highest self and truly being authentic in it and i think that that moment was a defined like one of those moments where it showed you're you're not just chasing something you're chasing authenticity and you're still trying to do mm. it your way which is cool so mm. well said thank you i haven't seen it from that perspective and so i'm fully receiving that and uh allowing that to kind of sit and it's cool it's cool to hear that perspective i like that because i it's, it's unexpected to hear you haven't even shared that so to know that um in that moment you know i had so much hesitation towards making that change and I, you know, really was trying to radicalize in many ways in my life. I did swing the pendulum. You're absolutely right. So finding the center um, in the way that I did and at the, the pace that I did feels good. And um, yeah, it shows that I'm paying attention. So thank you. I, I deeply, deeply appreciate that. Um, which kind of leads me into our next question, um, which I love because I think that what do you want to keep from 2022 and what do you want to change? Um, you know, I changed my hair. I literally said, I'm not keeping that. So it kind of falls in with the question. Um, but Chris, I'm going to pose it to you again, because we want to hear some spice. I think we need this, this episode needs some more spice. What in, um, what do you want to leave? What do you want to, or sorry, what do you want to keep? Sorry, I'll reframe the question. What do you want to keep from 2022? And then what do you want to change moving into this year? Yeah. Um, what do I want to keep? Uh, I've been on this podcast before, right? Um, I believe the last time we did an episode, or it may have been one of the episodes that we did about uh, spirituality and like religion. I don't know if you if you guys remember it. I don't. I also don't know if you guys remember the off mic conversations that we kind of had about religion too. Uh, when we were, this may not have even been last year. It may have even been the year before that we that we would talk about these things. Anyways, um, I think uh, around March, yeah, March. Uh, I um, my brother uh, welcomed uh, a new baby boy into his life. I have a new uh, nephew. His name's Kai, and. I feel like when my nephew Kai was born, um, I have another niece and another nephew. It wasn't the first time like this has been an element to, you know, welcoming a new family member or something to my immediate family. But I don't know. I just remember the process of my sister-in-law being in the hospital um, and just the things that were going on in my life and the perspective that it offered me. Uh, I never used to be a religious person or have faith or anything like that. Um, and I feel like that moment opened the door for that for me to like just offering perspective on faith and prayer and these things that I started developing that I never like was almost adamantly against maybe at points in my life. Um, so I think that faith I feel like it's something I developed a very stronger relationship with uh, as far as things happening for a reason, there being a higher power um, and not being, yeah, things happening for a reason. Cause I feel like I used to kind of be pessimistic and almost nihilistic about people at times, you know? And I think having that perspective 
helped me understand people in a more healthy way as being, as opposed to being like, oh, people are awful. This is how people are. People are inherently, you know, this is, this is what's going to happen. Um, I feel like that perspective helped me with understanding people who may be going through things that are influencing me or impacting me in a negative way. But uh, it helped me understand with less negativity, like grace, I guess, you know, is, is the word I'm looking for, you know, having grace for those people that, uh, that impact you or any element in your life that impacts you that way. Uh, I definitely want to keep that sense of faith and build upon that. Um, because that's something that I definitely was missing for never or was absent for a long time. So that for sure, um, something I want to keep what I want to leave in 2022 for sure. And, um, this was very eye-opening. I don't know if there was even a moment really that like struck me with all this, but you know, me and Amor used to work at a restaurant together and I feel like he can attest to this. I had a very like, like I drank the Kool-Aid man. Like I worked way too hard. I like would stress about things that like on the job that just like creating more problems for myself it's not even contributing to solving a problem or anything you know um so this year i really woke up and bought out of hustle culture that's what i did i really want to leave this mentality that you need to kill yourself at your works like you know I, when i say kill you i mean like you know overextend overexert yourself you know sorry to use colorful language in that sense but uh yeah, like it just, I really realized, like, that's not good. Like, I really, when I worked with Anwar at that restaurant, like, I really thought, like, wow, like, I am a better worker. I am, you know, I superior because I work so hard and I, you know, throw myself into this and I get stressed and everything. And I just, I really, really realized this year that's not, that's, that's, that's not a victory. That's not the best way to, uh, to navigate work or your relationships or anything like that. Um, so, and and I, I just feel like I was like the biggest person with that. Like I would, I feel, I don't know if Anwar like ever got this dynamic, but it was like almost working at that restaurant. I was like, yo, this guy takes things a little too serious. This guy is, works way too hard, you know? Um, so I want to leave that mentality in 2023. That's what I'm leaving. I, I mean, that restaurant just, you know, I think that it, it it definitely is one of those arenas that rewards, you know, hustle, especially this, especially the role that you, you worked and I worked specifically that, the, you know, that, that bar back role that, you know, that role where it's like, you literally, you're glorified for hustle. You know, it's, that's the whole point of that, that, that role is that this person's good because they hustle, this person sucks because they don't. Um, but I think even bigger than, you know, that restaurant experience, like hustle culture, man, like, I think you're speaking to a big thing there. I think that, you know, there is a level of pendulum there as well, right? Like there's hustle culture and then there's the like fucking hippie life of like, just fuck it all. Don't do anything, you know, screw it all. Screw the man, yeah. screw the matrix, you know? And I think that the language online is very much, I feel like when I scroll through Instagram or scroll through any of my social media pages, it's just one or the other, you know, it's either someone telling you that you need to do a 5 a.m. this, a cold plunge or this, that you're not doing enough. Or the other side where it's like meditate, calm down, don't work. You know what I mean? Just stop, you know? And I think that why we're struggling so hard is that we're wrestling with these two ideas and no one is really highlighting what like a healthy working lifestyle is like, you know? And I think that the ability to, 
um, find a way to indulge in hustle culture in a healthy capacity and find a way to indulge in meditation, yoga, breath work, all that culture in a healthy manner, you know, not to the point where you can't take a meeting because you need to meditate for this hour and you always meditate in this hour, you know, like where is the yin and yang of like, I'm going to take this meeting. I'm going to meditate for 30 minutes a day. Cause I did get the meditation in, I did get the work in versus, you know, setting boundaries that are so like you're working really hard and then you're like, Oh, my, my therapist told me I got to set a boundary. So now I don't work hard at all. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't ever, my, my work hours end at five. I don't talk to me a minute after five o'clock. Um, and so there's this, there's this yin and yang. And I think that you've done a good job of, and I think it's very interesting that you led with faith, prayer, you know, having more grace for yourself and then the like injecting out of hustle culture, you know, which to me, really is yeah. just like a uh, an interesting way to kind of just like you know i keep saying my word for the year is surrender you know i want to be a human and surrender to life and let life n- navigate me without having to be like you know i think someone said online they said i want to i want to i want to i want to pray and then go after what i'm praying for and i think that that's a really good way of looking at it you don't just pray and sit back and hope it happens but, you know, you make a prayer and then go chase it, you know, put in the work to get it, but have the prayer out there, you know, and believe that someone else is also working on that assignment for you, you know, but you need to hand something in for it to be worked on. It's a group project. You know, your relationship with God is always a group project. I think that it's not you throw it to God and say you do the work yeah. or vice versa. You know, you, you act as if there isn't somebody else helping you. You know, it's a group project. Do your part, hand it in let them do this part, hand it back, you know, and, and, and work together on this group project uh, of, of your life. So uh, that's awesome, man. I love that you, you put those things together because it does really share a space, I think, but that's a, that's what I'm. One more thing I just wanted to add to, um, cause I think I started off by saying I didn't have a moment where I realized like this, cause the moment for prayer and, you know, having more faith and grace for things was definitely when my nephew was born. Right. Um, as far as like the hustle culture and being burnt out and things like that, um, there is just a moment. I don't know if y'all can see all that. Um, I got my camera going, but, um, I don't know. I feel like if you're a man, you'll probably go through it at some day, but there is nothing more humbling or, you know, you should calm down when you pull a chunk of hair out of your scalp. And that's what I did. And there's a huge, you know, bald spot right there on, on, the, on the back of my head and uh, had a few people look at it and they're like, yeah, you need to calm down, bro. You are, str- that is stress. That's exactly what that is. Um, so that, if, if any sort of revealing moment there was for, you know, hustle culture ain't it, bro. It was that. It was pulling a, piece, a big piece of hair out of my scalp that still hasn't grown back. So you know, perspective. Yeah, man. Thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, it's a vulnerable thing and to actually show us. Yep. Thank you. I feel honored to be able to witness it uh, and just kind of hold space for it. So thank you for sharing that. And, um, you know, you're, it's so wild to come and bring you on this podcast. Sometimes I, it's so incredible to witness how much you have to offer um, in just not just this podcast form, but to the world with your stories and the things that you share. And the willingness you have to share uh, is, is, to quote Anwar's word earlier, admirable. 
it's absolutely out of it pushes me i can feel the sense of like okay that's that is honest man that is honest okay how can i be more honest in this conversation and i appreciate you for leading that way i appreciate you leading that way because it's hard to do man it's hard to hold that and uh it's a lot easier to also let it go um, but it feels harder to move through it so um yeah man and I, I had a question for you in regards to your share um i'm a huge believer because i have found so much in my life with just simply returning to compassion and i feel like that's similar to kind of what you were saying with the grace having grace for things um i'd love to know a little yeah. bit more about um, what that's done for you as you move towards that like how has that helped you maybe operate on a day-to-day -day basis or maybe the way that you um, look at certain situations that you used to look at differently, how has compassion and grace um, been helping you so far? Because I, I want to add some value base for the people listening so that they know that uh, it's not just like a, a word that we just throw out um, and say, be more compassionate with yourself and hope for the best. Like it's not that, and I know it's not that. So I'd love to know from your perspective what that actually has looked like. Uh, like grace and compassion, it worked best in the scenarios and with the people and the elements of life that you like are the most frustrated with or don't like, you know, like, like, um, you know, I was talking about how moving out and getting my own place was such a big thing, you know, for me and was such a big goal. Um, part of the reason for all that was I was living with my mom and I had lived by myself for six years and stuff and when you're a grown man you come back and live with your parents um or if you're just an adult like being around your parents like and you live with them you kind of find out who they really really are you know and uh that can be that can be a lot to like like as a load you know to to, to shoulder um when you look at mistakes or the way that you are flaws about yourself, you know, and you could see exactly, you know, you putting things together. Um, and I think that's like a, a conflict that every person has with their parents, you know, whether they were amazing parents or whether they're not, you know, there, there, there are conflicts like that. And I think having grace for my parents and having grace and understanding for my parents things they didn't do right, things I didn't think they did properly or things I didn't think they did at all. Um, I think having grace like really was better for like my relationships too. Even I do another podcast, Relentless Diaries. Um, there's a lot of correspondence that we have about editing and clips and recording and this studio and stuff. And, you know, there was just, uh, there's a lot of things that happened, but um, I feel like, uh, there was a word you used with just life, uh, you surrender, you know, um, I, I like, I really like that, um, that concept. What I chose, the way that I conceptualize that is like, accept, you know, Ex I'm, I'm, I'm accepting life. I'm accepting things and people for who they are, you know? And I think grace and compassion is kind of what led me there. And it's, it's way better. <laughs> it's way better than having that animosity. Uh, so I think, and that's easier said than done than to approach the things in life that frustrate you the most with grace and compassion, but it's the best possible way in my, I, it's worked best for me, you know, in my experience, you know, I don't want to say any way dealing with any situation is better than the other, but I, that, that's how it works for me. Yeah. 
kind of cover your ass there. I, uh, I think that um, the general population would, would probably see that grace and compassion are, are, are the lighter ways that might, you know, bear us a little bit more helpful fruit. Um, but I think, uh, thank you for sharing. I think it's great. I think um, I love hearing people's perspective towards grace uh, and compassion and how it's supported their spaces. And um, it doesn't mean, you know, I'm sure that you kind of sort of mentioned this, but it doesn't mean you just start putting up with everything. And you're just like fully accepting of everything. It's actually the opposite. Yeah. Like you accept it as the truth and then make a decision based on that truth rather than fighting with the truth. And so um, I love that uh, train of thought. And um, you know, I'm proud of you because it's hard to return there. It's hard to return there. Like you said, it's work. Um, a big part of that, too, just a concept that probably even sounds maybe a little unrelated uh, was boundaries. You know, having like having a good mindset around that and enforcing and accepting boundaries from other people or however they may come across your space um, allows you to have grace. I feel like, you know, if you set up a dynamic for a certain way, you know, it, it'll allow you to treat people better, you know, and, and have that, that space, that compassion. So boundaries, another big part, I think that goes, that intersects a lot of this. Maybe we might've found what are y'all uh, leaving? One of our next topics, I think, uh, I think setting boundaries is definitely one of those things that, you know, one is very hard to do, you know, same way. I think that when people say be vulnerable, be compassionate, have grace, you know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, filler words here, all great, hard to execute, hard to, hard to put into practice. And I love that you're on that path and you'll continue to find ways to find more grace for yourself and find more compassion, you know, and that's where I think it's really cool is when you first start getting into that space, you give yourself grace and compassion for the very obvious things. You know, you stop beating yourself up. You maybe you don't go to the length of, you know, ripping hair out of your head or you, you realize that in those moments, you're like I should probably have more grace, but we don't, we forget how much more you can even give yourself. You know, there's even more you can give yourself on a day-to-day basis uh, and, and when you're aware of surrendering, accepting, giving grace, you start to find more and more opportunities to give that to yourself. And the craziest part about all of that is when you start looking at life through that lens, surrendering, accepting, and giving grace to yourself, guess who benefits? Every single person around you. You start finding grace for other people. You start, you start, surrender, you start allowing things that are happening. You start accepting the things that are happening. You start looking at opportunities like, oh, I lost my job and having more grace for that person had to make a decision. The decision was made on me. I have grace for myself. I have grace for this decision. I'm going to move on. I'm going to find something else to do. And, and it, it leads to less moments of that rage that builds up, you know, and I think that it's so, it's so great. And the same, I feel that I truly feel the same thing about all of these things. If you can be more vulnerable, you'll allow someone to be more vulnerable to you. If you can open up a little bit more, people open up to you. If you can find more grace for yourself, you'll have, you'll find more grace for others. And I think the reason why we always come back to it, it starts within is because of that. When you start doing those things for yourself, you start seeing those things in life. And so um, I love that that's where you're at. I love that that's the lens you're looking at life through now. Um, I can really, I, I, could, I think the last year is where, you know, I, I have to obviously find some grace for myself to, hey, you're not a piece of shit. You're a guy who quit his job, who was doing something better for themselves. You know, it took me a long time to not see myself as a piece of shit. Well, you're going to hit the reset button at 31. Who the fuck is going to, you know, what trajectory are we on now? This is not the game plan. You know, and I had to really find compassion and grace for myself in that exercise. I, I think that 
making a decision like that came with all these negative emotions that I was really struggling to find grace for, you know, and I felt like I was just, you know, going down a rabbit hole. And I think that that's when I really realized I'm not the best person to be monitoring my own brain right now. I need help. I need a new idea here because I can't monitor my own thoughts anymore. I can't trust myself anymore because if I can't even quit my job and not have all of these negative shitty things come in and not have an alternative perspective, like what's the opposite side of these negative thoughts, right? You're a piece of shit. You quit your job. You did this, you did this. And the opposite I, I got from my therapist. And I think that that's why it's so cool to get into therapy is that, you know, or at least, at least open the door to speaking to somebody about it is because they offer you the thing that you can't see, you know? They offer you that other feeling that you're like, no, there's only one spot for this feeling. And then they go, nope, it's a two-door garage. Two cars can fit here. Yeah, you parked this one, anxiety. But the other car that parks here is excitement, liberation. And this is a two-car garage. So stop making it seem like it's a one. The only one emotion can live here. Two can live here. Actually, three can, four can, five can. These, the, the, It's endless how many cars can park in this garage. And you just need to allow... Your job is to see how many cars are parked there and not try to pick which one to leave. And hey, there's only one allowed in here. They all can be parked, monitor all of them and act on it accordingly. And I think that my mind and the way my mind was built had a very limited amount of girl, like car like spots to park in. Very limited amount. I couldn't even see outside of that. And what therapy offered me was more garages and more cars more options, more things to pick from, more ideas to let foster, you know, instead of that one Prius that I kept parking in the same parking spot, which is just how everything was going. Like, uh, this is just the only emotion that I know. This is it. This is it. They're like, Hey, well, how about a Honda civic and two more garages? How about this and this? And how about this and this? And I think that it's ideas that foster new emotions and thoughts that foster new emotions. And I think that I had to also find grace. I think that what I want to take from, um, that was a bit long-winded because I wanted to really piggyback what you said because it really resonated with my journey, but I'll keep it, you know, I think what I want to keep is my work ethic. You know, I don't ever, I don't want to lose, like the how I was working at that job, I'm actually not mad about. I love that about me. I love that I can work that hard. I can put my head down and I can, I can do the work. But I don't want to do the work at things that don't serve me, you know? I don't want to sit in a seat I don't want to be in and work. I don't want to appease people that I don't want to appease. You know, to me, it's about cleaning up the, it's cleaning up the environment. It's working at things that matter to me. It's not that I think I, I can, I can maybe go eight hours a day, 12 hours a day. I think what was the bigger problem is going 12 hours a day. It's things that you don't like to do, you know, things that aren't fueling you, things that aren't giving you life. Should you dial that back every once in a while and understand rest and recovery? Absolutely. But I don't think it's wrong to work at things that you want to work at. Just channel that energy and time in a better way. And I think that I wasn't doing that for three years. And I was ignoring knowing that I did not like doing it. Um, so I want to take with me the, the, the work ethic and the, the courage to try new things. You know, when I went into that industry as well, it was like the idea of like being not scared of doing something that's way out of my comfort zone. Like I love the attitude in which I approach the arena. And I want to take that with me. I don't like who I became in the arena and how long it took me to realize I want to leave. I should leave. And the shame I felt from judging myself for wanting to leave something for me, 
you know, ultimately on paper, it was a great idea for me to leave, but I struggled with even accepting that it was a great idea. And I think that there's a lot to be, a lot of work to be done about that. Um, yeah, I want to take that with me. What I want to leave behind is You know, I, it, hustle culture is resonating with me, you know, specifically. Um, and I love that you said that. And when you said it, I really connected with it right away. But even more so than the hustle culture, this, uh, this idea that at a destination, something will happen for me, you know, overvaluing the destination, you know, because I think ultimately when I was in that arena, I kind of always knew it had an expiry date, but I just thought maybe if I got to the destination, it would it would kind of like put some of the feelings away, you know, that the feelings would change if I got to a destination and the destination could have been a financial number. It could have been a me getting better at the job itself. You know, Hey, it's, it's your first week. So maybe next week when you get better at the job, this feeling of overwhelm will go away, you know, and you just keep kind of, you keep going, oh, if I get there, this emotion will go away. And it really felt like that, that, that hot tub mentality that you had of just like heaving something up a hill and always feeling like if I just get this fucking hot tub to the top, the feelings will all go away. And what I'm realizing now is that that's not the journey that I want. I don't want a journey where I'm heaving something and I'm miserable the whole time I'm heaving it up the hill. I want a journey where I'm working really hard going up the hill and I'm loving every step. I'm enjoying every single step and I'm not, I'm not actually going anywhere. I'm just like, um, I'm, I'm just enjoying the exercise of going through it, of going up and looking around and be like, well, this is cool. And constantly looking down and being like, look how far I've come and being so much more aware of what I've climbed and not just constantly looking up, you know, only looking up as a matter of fact, I think that, I think I've shared this on this podcast before, but my friend asked me after a couple of therapy sessions and during that burnout. And when I was kind of, kind of recovering from that, she asked me like, Hey, do you regret any decision that you made in your life? And meanwhile, at this time I'm sitting on a patio in Toronto, you know, the terrace is massive. It's a beautiful spot. We have our patio set up the CN towers in the background. I have like, you know, my roommate and my best friend kind of sitting there and she's asked me, do you have any regrets? And I'm thinking, when I was 18 years old and I embarked on this journey of life and I didn't really know what I was doing. And someone told me, Hey, at 30, you're going to live in a condo in downtown Toronto. You're going to have traveled for three years, lived in Australia, have a university degree, have great friends. What would you say about that? I'll take that. I'll take that deal 10 times out of 10. And here I am sitting in the misery of not being somewhere, you know, it, it's, so it's just a, it was a great reminder to like, you know, it's okay to look back and be proud of what you've done. And I think it was the first time in my life I've actually was proud of who I was, you know, like, wow, you know, against all odds, I did really create something pretty cool here, you know, and it's cool to like desire more and want more, but it's, it's something to be said about, you know, having grace for progress and enjoying progress and enjoying where you've come. Um, and, you know, it was such a simple question, but the answer was so moving, you know, like I was like, wow, that is kind of scary that I'm here. And when I was 18, I literally could, I wish I could go back to those. My brain was empty. There was not even a single thought in there. And I had accomplished all of these things and feeling so shitty that as if I hadn't got to this next destination I wanted to get to. Um, 
So yeah, really, really, really valuing every single step instead of trying to heave things up the hill is, is, is you know, what I want to leave um, and leave that idea of that heaving things uphill is right. And that hustle culture is right. And that this LeBron James do it on your own thing is, is right. Uh, I think I want to enjoy every single step. I want to be Steph Curry and have strength in numbers and play with great teammates and leverage my teammates and put my teammates in good positions. And I don't need to be the man. I can just, you know, I want to have joy in playing the game. Um, and I want to appreciate everything that I've, you know, I've done thus far and uh, have more, more gratitude for, for life and what I've been able to achieve. So, uh, which self-praise I don't think is a, is an easy thing for guys. I think we look for self-praise in, in women or in the things that we accumulate. Uh, we never want to look for it from ourselves. So, um, having more of that sitting in more of a proud moment of, yeah, you did do that. Now go and do that. You know, instead of, uh, you're not shit, go do that, you know? So yeah, that's how I would, uh, I would summarize my, uh, my keeps and my leaves. Man, laid it on the line, laid it on the line. I feel like you literally fulfilled every question I could have, I could have had. That was well, that was well said. Chris, you got anything for him? Yeah. No, like I very much resonated with me. Um, oh, I think that was very powerful. Love it, brother. Love I think it. There's a lot I'll draw from that moving forward myself too. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Something that's been on my mind too is like the idea of being um, in a way content with where you are, but knowing that there is still technically more and you could build more, but don't get so caught up in the building more that you forget where you are in this moment. Um, it's a difficult perspective to hold sometimes because there's infinite possibility, right? So, yeah, I just wanted to. This is what my, my, my boy Ben told me in the car ride, and it really resonated with me. And it kind of wraps that all up. He said that. Don't ever forget that where you are is where you wanted to be five years ago. You know, like you were trying to get to here. Like, don't ever forget that. You know, it's not a goal of yours now because you are here. But once upon a time, you were back there and you wanted to be here. So it's so cool to be like, I remember when he said that, I'm like, damn, you're right. I remember writing. I want to move to Toronto in a book, you know, and then and then you move to Toronto. So at one point I wrote this down as a goal and I'm in the goal and I can't even appreciate that I'm in the goal, you know, because I'm in the goal. So just, you know, when he said that, I was like, that's so true, man. He's like, remember, five years ago, you wanted to be here. And this doesn't feel good to you now because you want to be there. But remember, there was a human being that existed that wanted to be here, you know. And, you know, and I know Atlas wanted to be in Mexico. At one point, you wrote down some far time ago, I want to move to Mexico with Gabby. And now you're in the experience of, like, executing that. And I think we just forget that sometimes, so. I wanted to add that wrinkle. Yeah, no, that's great. I love that perspective. Younger version of yourself. Yes, love that. Yes. 18-year-old Chris would be absolutely flabbergasted with 27-year-old Chris. 27-year-old Chris out here bitching and moaning about jobs. It's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's I like that. Some inner child work going on here. Well done, gentlemen. Well done. I love this. This is great. Um, my 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 keeps and my takes. Keep, takes and keeps. Keeps and takes. Um, for 2022, what I want to keep 
moving into this year is hmm I want to keep um, my I'm still learning this word but I think the word is tenacity I just want to keep my tenacity and I think that that was something that I didn't even know that existed in me tenacity and so I feel like as the year progresses, and I'm starting this year in the way that I am uh, I want to remain in that energy of um, there is nothing that is impossible and that you can always go after it and that um, 99% of it is more belief work than it is your action. And so just go take it on and you know, you have, you have the proof. So stay tenacious, I guess, if you want to keep that, like that word. Um, and then the thing I want to leave, oh, it's easy. The thing I want to leave is shame. Shame. I, I moved through more shame last year than I have in my life. And the unburdening process of that speaks to that kind of setting down the globe. Um, it's not just holding up other people's worlds, but it's also holding up my own world, holding up my own shame, feeding it, keeping it there. Um, I, I feel in so many ways, I unburdened that so much of that. And um, I feel um, lighter because of it. And Anwar, to test to what you were saying around how you've noticed that the way that I speak and the things that I say and how I say it has changed. And I think that's because of that. I think it's because I've opened myself up to trusting myself to be okay, to unburdening some of that shame, sharing it in places I never thought I would, and just stepping towards the fire and allowing myself in that moment to um, be burned alive and not in this version of me, but that version that I've kind of kept hidden at bay. Um, allowing that to kind of yeah, literally burn alive and, and rise like a phoenix, if you will, out of that in a different form. And so I really want to leave shame behind. And if it comes up again this year, which I'm sure there's something that would be there, I would imagine. I don't know. Um, I don't think I'm shameless yet um, that I know what to do with it now. And I know how to approach it. I know how to relate to it. And I feel more confident in taking it on knowing um, how valuable and worthy I believe myself to be no matter what has passed or has been. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really, really where I want to leave and I really want to take. Um, one other thing I want to take is, is my, my courage, man. It's my courage. Again, I didn't consider myself an adventurous person and to be adventurous, you need to be courageous. You need to be brave and jump off the cliff to realize you have had wings the whole time. And so it, uh, yeah, I, I want to take that with me big time, big time. Cause this year is already created that for me. I've already had to step towards that. So I already know I'm doing it. And there's still so much change. I already know is literally in the books as change that I'm going to face. Um, and so, yeah, I just want to stay courageous, stay courageous. Courageous and tenacious. You know, you're always listening and you're always like, you're there, but you're always listening. You always got the little like, oh, hey, did you know those two words rhyme? And I'm like, no, I did not know those two words rhymed. What? But now I, now I do. Wait, now I'm taking it. Tenacious and tenacity though. Like, are those the same thing? Am I, am I reaching here? Tenacious and tenacity. Are, are they different? Ten tenacity and tenacious, I think are the same. I hope. We're just going to run with it. Courageous and tenacious. It's over. That's my, that's my words of the year. It's over. Yeah.
I mean, I edit this thing, so, like, I'll figure it, like, it'll be, if we're right, everyone will hear this, you know? And, and if we're not, then we're just three guys talking to each other right now, right? I love that. I love that. Nah, we're, 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 we're uncensored, man. We're allowed to make mistakes on this thing. Right, let's, we're not we're not all Webster here. Um, I love that you said that you need to jump in order to find out you had wings. That's or that's cool. Tenacity. That's poem, man. That's. I think a lot of times in life, it's it feels like that. It's you jump, and then after you realize, oh fuck, I could have got through that this whole entire time. You know, I think that the, the idea of the jump is always so much more overwhelming. Uh, and I think that the, the the there's a there's a massive. And this is what Chris's takeaway was, right? There's a massive feeling of, hey, you jump, have faith in jumping, and I'll show you that you have wings. You know, there's it's like a perfectly encompassed experience of have the courage to jump, have faith that you will be caught, and and I will show you that you have wings, and that you're not going to think that like it was the higher power is the reason why you were flying, but yet you're flying with your own abilities and capabilities. Um, which I think is a beautiful way of tying in what faith really is, is that you have to jump. You ultimately are going to be the person that flies, but can you trust me? Can you trust that it's going to be fine? Can you have enough faith to have enough courage to jump? Um, and I love how you said that. You said to only find out you always had wings, like you already have it. This is not, wings aren't built after. You don't jump and then in the air have to construct it. It just, just jump and you'll find out that you've, you've always had it. You've, it's always been there. So. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I think that, you know, we've been, we've been going on for a while uh, and, and a healthy while. Like I want to first start off by saying I never leave these conversations feeling less it's always more you know i always feel more inspired more rejuvenated more excited um and it just goes to show like the power of speaking you know the power of having a conversation whether you're listening to somebody's life or you're sharing your own i think that there's so much nuance and ability that this level of honesty and this level of openness creates uh, and it's, it's never to feel like less, you know, which I think that sometimes we, our idea of going out and speaking to someone or getting help, it, we perceive that to be, I'm going to be less for this. You know, it's always more, I always feel more. And I've always felt more talking to a therapist, talking to you guys, talking to my friends, you know, I feel like I'm always giving up something and I'm always getting more in return. Um, and so kudos to having the vulnerability and the courage to just speak uh, openly um, let's open the floor to the last kind of question what was the biggest uh, lesson that you that you learned in 2022 biggest lesson that you learned in 2022 Chris Clyde what do you think is your biggest lesson Actually, I feel like, you know what? No, I feel like we put you in the hot seat for every question first. So you, you get to maul on it a little bit longer. <laughs> Atlas, Good. Right. you, hot seat, baby. Hot seat for you. Biggest lesson. You're not allowed to be articulate and smooth. And, you know, you just got to feel it and, you know, lean into it. Um, what would you say is your biggest lesson from the last year? 
about yourself and you've, you've changed quite a bit about yourself. So I feel like, uh, you, uh, I'm excited to hear what you have to say. You know, I can sense myself trying to make it more complicated and I'm not going to do that. It's just a simple statement. And the biggest lesson from the year is that I can trust myself. That's it. You know, I spent so long thinking that I couldn't, not knowing that I felt like I couldn't, not taking big leaps, not knowing it's because I didn't trust myself to be okay on the other side of the leap. And um, like I said, it was the year of proof. And my lesson is that I, no matter where I'm going, no matter where I'm headed, no matter what's in my face, no matter what the challenge is, no matter how fucking big I want to play, I can trust myself to do it and be okay on the other side. And that revolutionized my life. And I naturally had to go find some proof around it. So I took some big leaps uh, that were scary. But I, yeah, I think I attest the next probably 10 years of my life to the fact that I was able to start trusting myself to be okay on the other side. So that's my biggest lesson. Chris, you're up next. You've mulled it over. <laughs> Molded over. I, I first of all, what you said, I, I think, is uh, something I definitely want to implement as well. I think that's very, very valuable. Um, I've been mulling over it too long. Okay, uh, my biggest lesson. You know, when you first asked this, my first takeaway was like, calm down. You know, for myself. You know, like not everything is so serious, but I feel like that isn't as constructive or doesn't even really land as well with my experience this past year. Um, there's two phrases that I think kind of have, you can take a grain of salt from that I've been saying to myself this year that I don't necessarily think are 100% true. I don't think you should take this but uh, and run with it fully. But um, there's this there's this, uh, this, this saying, um, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? Um you know, uh, and then the other phrase, happiness is a choice. Now, I think you can, like, I don't think you should take either of those phrases 100%, you know, um, but I do think there's like a lot of good stuff in there, you know, and basically what I'm trying to allude to is that I have a lot, a bigger say and a bigger influence and a bigger stake in my decision for my, like, happiness and positivity, you know? Um, it's more of a decision that I think it is, you know, uh, the world isn't ending. You can change your circumstances, you know, it, it, things are up to you. Um, and, and, and I understand like when you say something like, oh, happiness is a choice, you know, like it's easy to say that to somebody that is dealing with a terminal illness or has lost a loved one or something, you know, it's like, it's, it's not as black and white as that sounds, but I, what I'm just trying to, my takeaway, the lesson you know, you have more of a say and you have more of a decision in all the things that go in around you. Um, and you're not just some mouse in a maze, you know, as much as life can make you feel that way sometimes. That's my takeaway. That's my lesson. Thanks for tuning in, fellas. So that's uh... a... <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that's a mic drop and a half, man. I think it is, it is uh, some heavy truth, you know. It's, uh, it's some, sometimes the truth you don't want to hear, but it's, it's got so much legs. It's so, it's so, it's so real. 
you know, even when you hear it, it like, and, and you said it well, I'm gonna leave it at that. I love how you, you said it. You said you have more of a, of a, of a, of a stake in your happiness than you think, you know? And I think that that's the, we're not saying that like, it's like, you know, to your point, there's people who are going to struggle with it more, but you have more of a stake than you think. Um, that's amazing. I love that. I wrote that down. Let me keep that one. Um, for me, um, I had it, but you lost me in your in your storytelling. Uh, I completely checked <laughs> out of my thoughts. I was you just had like, all the time wow. all over all the questions. That's what I'm saying. And you you really captivated me. You're so engaging. I think that for me, the biggest lesson I'm gonna I'm gonna take away is um, act on how you're feeling. You know, act on how you're feeling. It's uh, I think that as humans, we can sometimes justify a lot. You can justify so many things to yourself and, and change the course of the emotion. You know, you feel an emotion and then you start changing its, its actual raw existence into something that fits the equation a bit better. Uh, and even though I think that one of my, you know, one of my superpowers is that I've been able to, I understand what I'm feeling. I just have never have, have sometimes lacked the courage to act on it. You know, and I think that the last year I had to really take some big leaps of acting on how I feel. I like this. I don't like this. I'm just going to be black and white about it and deal with the truth that comes after it. And uh, I want to definitely continue to do that. And I've, I've, I've been able to see now in a sample size what going against how I'm feeling looks like. And it led me to not a place that I ever want to be again. You know, so I think that I would prefer... Uh, to, to act on how I feel. And I think that that will yield better fruit and that will yield the more authentic self. So uh, I think that I want to, I've done a good job of recognizing and being self-aware of how I feel. I want to, I want to, the lesson I think I, I was taught was I was aware the whole time I was miserable, right? So it's great that I was aware, but I couldn't act on it. I, I didn't have the courage to act on it. So I think the lesson I was taught there was, hey, good job. You can feel things. Good job. You know, you feel like shit. Now do something about it you know? Um, so that was my biggest lesson this year, I think. I love that because it goes against so many like models that tell you to stop listening to the feeling. And I think that there's so much wisdom in the feeling. So I'm grateful to hear that you can feel that way and that you feel like you're listening more closely to it you know, and taking some action from it. So that's fantastic. And you have, you have done so you're, where are you right now? Melbourne, Melbourne, right? If I remember correctly, you're in Melbourne. Yeah, you can just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there it is, folks. Three men across the world from each other right now. Um, one in Mexico, one in Toronto, one in Australia. And we uh, are here doing the thing, bringing you value. You cross the damn world, man. Yeah, right. Um, so thank you for being here. We really want to know actually what your takeaways from this conversation were. There was a lot, uh, and I'm very intrigued to know what you took as value, what you're taking away and walking away with into this new year. So let us know. Uh, you can DM us on Instagram. Um, you can comment on YouTube. Let us know. We'd love to hear it. Chris, thank you again for taking the time to be with us. Chris is the go behind the scenes, if you don't already know. So um, you, you got something to say before you go? I wanted to say too. Yeah, just you guys, what you do here, this platform is amazing. And, um, and Probably, I don't know. It should be told to you guys every day. I don't know. So I just wanted to come out on record as like, I'm 
very, very happy to be a part of uh, of this this thing that we got going on too. Um, and even like my decision, like I, I also want to thank you guys for holding this space, especially right now, because if we didn't have this podcast, if I didn't, if we didn't do this podcast right now, you know, I'm like dark room, you know, uh, movie on, like I just lost my job, you know, like it, it would have been a lot worse the next few hours, you know, so, so thank you. Um, fuck, there's one more thing I wanted to say though, too. Um, I don't know. It's important what we do here, mental, men's mental health and everything. So thank you for holding the space. Um, and you guys are really good at what you do. So thank you. Thank you for, for having me. I really appreciate it. Always. Listen, we want to get you on more, I think, is, is the plan. We want to have more conversation with you because you always create some completely different direction and uh, offer such great perspective and wisdom and, and spice. So thank you for that. And when I can see it on his face, we're both really receiving that. And it keeps us fueled for moving forward. Um, so with that, again, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to download, subscribe, like us on YouTube or follow us on YouTube. Subscribe, subscribe. Don't like us, subscribe. I don't know what the hell it is. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Modern Mask Unity. The C is a K representing the masks that we wear as men that we do our best to shed here on the podcast. Thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to join us next week as we put out content every single Wednesday. Our goal with this platform is to create a community to support men on their journey of becoming conscious kings. And in saying so, if you took any value out of this episode or previous episodes, please share, download, subscribe. And if you're feeling really up to it, go ahead and leave a review. You can follow us at Modern Masculinity. Remember, the K, it's with a K, not a C, to represent the mask that we wear. And like always, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.